Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. I did tweet earlier on. I said, how cold is it outside? Answer, very. And then Bonnie Lithgow texts from Australia and says, "Uh, come to Australia. Then it would be, how hot is it here? Answer, very. Because that's it. But no snow as yet. Well, not that I've seen, although there might have been one or two flurries earlier on, but nothing to worry about. The Arctic UK, so very, very cold. Wind chill factor could take it down to, I don't know, minus 10, they've said later in the week. Uh, The city, which I think is Ely. Uh, where the police warn that every single beggar is faking it. They're not homeless at all. They're just people who want to thieve your money. They want to take all your money and they've uh, and they just sit there. They're not uh, they're not homeless people at all. But there again, you can't tell some people, can you? You just say, say, listen, don't give them any money. They're not homeless. They're just sitting there. We've got them in Twickenham as well. Drug addicts. That's what we end up with, which is dreadful. Police need 100 more officers to tackle the sex abuse in Rotherham. They're getting them into court as fast as possible. The abuse of girls in Rotherham is almost, almost beyond belief now. And the Archbishop, this is Justin Welby. Uh, a little bit of advice for uh, for the Archbishop. As far as I don't really differentiate an Archbishop from anybody else. As far as I'm concerned, they're just an ordinary person with the title of Archbishop. I don't think they're any nearer the Almighty than anybody else. And uh, the advice from the papers, practice what you preach, Justin, after his attack on second homeowners. He's revealed to have a French jeet. So there you go, honestly. It's it's ridiculous, isn't it, really? You can't even get the clergy to tell the truth. Uh, also, uh, the royals power up as the Queen takes a break. Uh, the TV vet quits over the sale of Harriet's old practice. And uh, has Liam Payne had a date with Rita Ora? Mm. Let's fuel that one, shall we? Uh, Jerry Horner says the highlight of being a Spice Girl was meeting Nelson Mandela and eating a pasty. Oh, how lovely. They used to have lovely pasties in Fleet Street uh, years and years ago. And a place called Gloriettes. And they were just delicious. They used to fall apart in your hand, but they were just delicious. They were so spicy and big and ooh, lovely. Uh, the weatherman who skates away from the TV contest, apparently is the eighth person who nobody's heard of, who's been kicked out. And so end of that one. So back to reading Auto Cure, doing whatever they do. The Rolling Stones decide to go on a tour of old people's homes. No, seriously, they're actually doing stadiums. I mean, they're 70, whatever they are, 70-something. I can't remember nowadays. Uh, Roxanne Pallet. You remember Roxanne Pallet? You can't have missed her because she used to constantly be sort of posing in a bikini or a knickers or something like that. And uh, she's quit television. In other words, there is no more television on offer. She's going to be a local radio DJ on a station I'd never heard of, actually, which is even smaller than the one that Gemma Atkinson went to. But I suppose you've got to start somewhere. But it's just that people sort of wander into it now, don't they? They go, oh, I'm failed at this. I can't do that anymore. Oh, I think I'll be a radio presenter. You know, and of course, whereas everybody will, will tell you the proof of the pudding is in your radar figures. You know, don't get good radar. Doesn't matter who you are, you could be the biggest name under the sun. Don't get good radar, they don't want you. And can you believe that a burger van only takes 40 quid a day? Somebody's being a bit economical with the truth. The funny thing is, he's obviously realised he's. Uh, this is a bloke who's got a little. Obviously, it's a permanent one, but he's got a wheel clamp on it. So it sort of stops people towing the thing away. And uh, he's being sued by McDonald's or a lawyer for McDonald's because he's used the M and the C. And they say, well, that's in breach of copyright. So he said, I only earn £40 a day. I thought, don't talk cobblers, honestly. 40 quid a day? I mean, some sort of laugh, are you? Or is that is that after you paid every single expense? But even so... £40 a day, so just suppose he does five days a week or whatever. That's all you make, is it? £200 a week, 1000 a month, twelve grand a year. 
Don't believe a word of it, mate. Do not believe a word. That might be what, what you're having to tell the accountant and the tax man, but I don't believe you're earning 40 quid a day flogging burgers. Might as well go and do something else, mightn't you, really? Go and work in a shop. You can probably make more money. Uh, also today, um, the uh, energy capped when the bill rip-offs. It's always bill rip-offs, isn't it? And, uh, and this bizarre story of uh, Steph McGovern. She's a... And uh, she's, uh, she don't, I can't do her accent because she's from, she's very northern. And she claims, because you've got to come up with some excuse nowadays, that posh women earn a hell of a lot more than she does because she didn't go to public school. I mean, I've never heard of such a, a thing. It's like saying, you know, I earn less money because I'm taller than they are. Or I'm shorter than they are. I'm not as, as attractive. Steph, who calls her Middlesbrough accent strong and smoggy, said her salary just now reached six figures after the gender pay gap row. She told the Sunday Times, throughout my career, I've had to argue about pay. It's not as simple as a gender issue. It's partly down to class. Oh, God, enough, honestly. It's getting worse at the BBC. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know how she got the job in the first place. She's sitting next to poor Charlie State. And also, who from Middlesbrough ever achieved anything? I mean, I don't want to be rude about it, but come on. Think of, think of famous people from Middlesbrough. Can't think of anybody. Nobody from Middle. Where, where's Peter Andre from? He's not from Middlesbrough, is he? Because he's never achieved anything. So I could put him down. I'm trying to think of famous people from. What? A, I mean, really? Why don't you just put it down, Steph, to the fact that you're okay? Okay, you're not a great presenter. You're just an average. Chris Rea comes from. Does he come from? He's marvellous, isn't he? We loved. Oh no, Christmas. Alexa, play Chris Rea. Might as well try it early in the morning. But uh, she 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 thinks she's too common. Why would you ever think that unless you're really insecure or you're desperate for a pay rise? Why don't you just accept what they're giving you and be grateful for a job? You know, it's just ridiculous here. Uh, Steph believes presenters' pay should be capped at 150 grand and says there's too much focus on ethnic diversity. Oh, dear, that sounds a bit racist. Are you allowed to say that? There's too much focus on ethnic diversity. What, there's too many foreign people on the news at the BBC, is there? Good Lord above. Can't believe you've even said that. The BBC said that more than 80% of our staff were educated in state schools. Exactly. What's she done round? So where were you educated? Uh, I went to public school. Oh, that's why you're earning more money. No, it's because they're better than you. Why don't you understand that? I know, I'm really sad, actually, now. I shan't watch you ever again. I don't care about you now. Don't care. You can go back to Middlesbrough. Stay there. What do you do? BBC Local Radio. BBC Local Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough Radio. BBC Radio Tees. Oh, right. Is that still there? Is that Tyne Tees? Oh, the Tyne's another... In there. Because a friend of mine used to... When Radio Tees first started, he worked up there. He worked... Is she from local radio, then? Is that where she's come from? Very lucky to get a job on television looking like that, I would have thought, you know. That sort of BBC haircut. It's, it's a bit regulation, isn't it? Nobody's hair moves on the BBC. I've never seen... It's like Sky News. It's like they're, somebody's concreted their hair. I love watching it. I'm sort of like, go on, make it move, make it move. You watch, next time she's on television, she'll run her fingers through her hair to prove that it's not got loads and loads of hair lacquer on. <laughs> Which is funny. Uh, we've got a sheep who thinks he's uh, a Labrador. Which is great. It's a very, very woolly sheep and goes out for walks and does the usual sort of thing. And um, and that's, you know, that's OK. I don't have a problem with things like that. I like sheep. They're nice. This, it's, it's grown quite, uh, quite big. So here he is, the burger van that makes 40 quid a day. Yeah, right. This is owner Matthew Coldham, who says he was stunned when McDonald's 
have threatened legal action. He's infringed their trademark under EU law. An eight-page lawyer's letter claimed his name was a play on common nickname, Mackie D's. Is that what they call them? Mackie I've never even heard of that before. Never even heard of it. A pal had designed a logo featuring an M and a C for his menus, um, hoodies and trailer, used by just 20 customers a day on an industrial estate. It's codswallop, honestly. Just £40 a day, is it? So 20 customers a day, what are they each spending? £2. You must think I fell out of a tree, pal. £2 a day for each person. What are you selling here? I don't believe you. A burger's got me more than £2. You get 20 customers a day. McDonald's have accused him of using the Golden Arch, which actually it does look very similar. But uh, customer, Michael Seeley, who's 69, says it's pathetic that he was picked on. No, it's not. It's their logo. It's their logo. But he, he's got this MC all over the place. He said it offered to pay up to £500 for his rebranding if he sent in receipts, but later said no legal action would be taken. So he called the law firm to argue he was just um, a small trader. Well, not a, very, not a very successful bloke. So 20 customers a day and they just spend £2. If I was a taxman, I'd be sitting there in a car checking how many customers a day you've got. I don't believe it. 40 quid a day for a burger van? I just don't believe it. I'm sorry. I really don't believe it. I mean, otherwise, I mean, you're in the wrong business, mate. Get out of it as quick as possible. Ridiculous. Uh, what have we got here? Oh, there's Rita Ora. He's coming back to you. Coming back to you. And here's little Perry Edwards. It's a shame, actually. I don't know what what she's wearing. Uh, Madonna puts her kids in in vogue. And uh, Sharon Osbourne has said that Prince Philip is uh, so miserable. Funny thing to say from Sharon Osbourne. I don't think he's miserable at all. I think he's just... He's 98 or something, isn't he? Why do you think he's going around going, ha, 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 of course he isn't. It's Prince Philip. He doesn't do things like that. He probably watches Sharon. You know when she's had one of her... On the programme, and, and of course, she doesn't handle the booze very well now, which is like a lot of people who've sort of, you know, got on in, in years. And, um, and you know, she's sort of, all of a sudden, she sort of, she starts slowing her words. And she doesn't look as though she's happy. How, do, how well does she know him anyway? I mean, do you think Sharon Osborne spends a lot of time on the phone? Hi, Philip. Sharon. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, the one with the ugly daughter who can't sing. Yeah, yeah, Ozzy. I know. <laughs> fell off the quad bike. Hilarious. Off his trolley. Off his trolley. <laughs> I don't think she knows him. People always say that, though, don't they? You know, do you know the royal family? I went to this uh, this showbiz party the other day, and uh, it was full of people that I knew, uh, but I didn't know me. I was sort of I was the least favourite, uh, least uh, famous person at the party. But it was it was very very interesting. I collected phone numbers like they were going out of fashion. All of a sudden, I got loads of new best friends. Not really. It's just a bit showbiz, isn't it? And um, and then a friend of mine, Clive, says, as an insomniac, I'm just wondering, how do you sleep on your left side, right side, back or front? You can vote for it. He's working for BBC Local Radio, isn't he? How do you sleep in bed? Do you sleep with pyjamas, without pyjamas? Sleep in your pants, without your pants? Just the pyjama tops? Pajama, no, pl- I'm not interested. Please, please don't write in. I really couldn't care less, actually. It's a, a, nothing, nothing interests me at this time of the morning about, uh, about people's sleeping habits. I just assume, actually, that sort of... When I, when I had my breakfast in the Premier Inn in Hackney, and I thought... I said yesterday, 8 99 I thought it was good value, so I had a sausage. Another sausage? Yeah, I had a sausage, and I had some bacon, and I had some beans, and a couple of hash browns. It was delicious. And I went back for toast. And it was really, really nice. I thought it was fantastic. I was very, very impressed uh, for eight ninety nine. And I sat there thinking, 
if 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 the listeners to my programme could see me sitting in Hackney. And then we got the train from there. Hilarious. But it's lovely. Really big station. It's not called Hackney Station. I think this must be Dalston and something. Could be Dalston Kingsland. So it's very modern. Very, very modern. The trains are very modern. There's no steam or anything like that coming out of them, or coal-fired. They, they were all electric, and uh, it was nice. We had a really, a really good time, actually. We had a nice time, full stop anyway. And um, Steve, says Simon, just like us poor old cabbies, Steve. Read the burger there. 40 quid a day. I mean, honestly, I'm look, he only gets 20 customers a day. Shouldn't he find maybe a better spot where he gets maybe 21 customers a day? I mean, it's just rubbish, isn't it? Do you think they say that because they think the tax man could be... Uh, could be watching it. Uh, I wonder if Liam and Rita Ora would ever star in an Alan Bennett drama about an elderly couple who live in a van eating Battenberg cake and writing stiff letters to the council, says Ian. Wow. Noreen says, no snow here, but they're setting off uh, very shortly to air to say goodbye to a very dear friend, leaving Watford Junction at 5.50. Oh, my God, Father. That is early. Due home at midnight. Trains booked all the way. Hopefully we won't get back and find the car under six feet of snow. Well, you look after yourself. Paul in Croydon says it's snowing in Croydon. No, it's not. It's not snowing. It's not snowing anywhere, actually. I've got all the camera access. I'm looking at the cameras, and I'm trying to find it. I don't think as much is going to come in tonight. I'm, I mean, I really don't. I know that we want it to, but I just don't think it will just yet. There might be some up north, but then it always snows up north, doesn't it? We'd say east of the country, it might be the heaviest, east in East Anglia. And they uh, and, and and there again, you know, they always get snow. In London, we we tend we get a little flurry. We go, ooh, snow, snow, snow. I get very excited. The one thing it is doing was well, yesterday when I went to walk in Regent's Park. God, it was cold. My ears were frozen. So, in fact, I should really buy earmuffs. But you look like such an idiot wearing them. But I feel I should be wearing earmuffs. But we'll have we'll have an update on the weather later on for you. But uh, I'll just remind you that it's LBC. I'll remind you I'm Steve Allen. I'll remind you as well it's Monday. I know. <laughs> we don't like Monday. We don't like Monday at all. And I'll remind you that uh, that you're very welcome. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 4.20. I know, I can't believe it either sometimes. You sit there going, 4.20, and I, I tend to forget the implications for 4.20, and people waking up going, oh, God, I've got to go to work. But then, you know, if, you, if you're doing a job that you love doing, it's no hardship, is it? Once you're actually up, it's better. I just wish that you could wake up in the morning and somebody's run the bath or whatever, not that I do baths, um, and somebody had cooked you a breakfast and it was all done. Because if you live in a house with loads of other people, you've got to creep out very quietly, trying not to slam the front door. I'd be slamming the front door and hooting on the hooter. Beep, beep, beep. I'd be doing that kind of stuff, you know, because they're all staying in bed till much later. But you're the one who's going to get up early in the morning. So they they stop a car the other day. And it was uh, this was over in Peterborough around 11 o'clock in the morning. The car was driven by a 13 year old boy. His mother was sitting in the back. She was obviously related to him. Uh, with an unrestrained child on her knee. When stopped, she groaned to officers, it's only a short journey. The baby's father was also in the car. Please confirm the adults could face prosecution, but didn't say whether the teenager could. They added there were understandable numerous offences dealt with. So there was a two-year-old said, what sort of stupid people are these? The answer there, the thickos of Peterborough. Twitter users voiced outrage. Somebody says, what sort of parent condones this behaviour? Thick people! Thick people. What do you think the Jeremy Kyle show's there for? Thick people. Phil wrote, you despair. What kind of parent allows this to happen and spouts a comment like, it's only a short journey? So a 13-year-old is driving his mum, the father of the child. Obviously, they're not related. Uh, The minimum age, of course, is 17. 
you can be fined, I think, I forget how much it is. But, I mean, what sort of parent, unless you're really ultimately... Th- Why can't we have pictures of these thick people in the papers? That's what I want to see. What do they really look like? Are they really as dim as we imagine? Are they real chavy chav chavs? Or are they just thick people who can't be bothered and don't mind breaking the law? Because if you allow a 13-year-old to drive your car, and he's probably done it loads of times. It's only just got stopped this time. That's the difference, isn't it? I'm sorry, but that BBC Breakfast presenter, Steph, really is common as muck. So I didn't think she was common as muck. I just, I mean, I thought, I just thought it was a silly thing to say that the reason she's not earning as much money is because she went to state school. Everybody went to state school. All right, some people might have been to private school. But that doesn't account for you earning more money. What a stupid thing to say. And then she said they're more interested in in sort of uh, doing ethnic minority people and stuff like Well, that was sort of basic the implications of it. Whatever it was, it was just ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. I couldn't, I couldn't quite understand why you'd ever want to say that. If I was running the BBC, I'd be going, I tell you what, let's just drop her, shall we? Let her go somewhere else. She's obviously not happy there. She says here, what was, what was the quote, actually? That's right. She says, there is too much focus on ethnic diversity. What does that mean? Ethnic, what, you mean we have to have sort of people of colour on the television? Good heavens above, you're telling me next, Steph, you don't want those puffy boys working on there. Come on, grow up, for God's sake, bring yourself into the real... You know, she's not earning bad money for sitting there just doing a very lame little programme. Charlie State probably isn't earning as much as, uh, as she is. But uh, Zach doesn't like her, doesn't like her. It comes from Salford, doesn't it? I think that's where they, you know, which is great. And uh, Angela says, don't get earmuffs, you look like Mickey Mouse. What about one of those cap uh, cap or hats with the flaps that cover the ears too? You can pretend you're a pilot. Yes, I could do actually. I could look like Biggles. That'd be quite a quite a good look. Because when it's cold, it's cold. And it is cold out there this morning. But it's nothing, you know, it's not you're going to go outside and go, oh, I can't breathe. It's not like that. But people will, will die. I know that seems a bit harsh, but people will die in the cold. Locked into the spike, says Waj. And uh, also somebody here, uh, DT, is going off to... Uh, Phuket. I've never been to Phuket. Phuket, is it? Why don't they spell it Phuket then? P-O-O-K-E-T. Why is it P-H-U-K-E-T? That's Phuket. That's pronounced Phuket, is it? Ridiculous. Where is it? Is it Thailand? Oh, lovely. That'll be nice. I've never actually wanted to go to Thailand. I love the food, but the the country doesn't interest. It's just like a sex place, isn't it, really? It's the only only reason people go to Phuket. You know, because they make my mouth go funny, that. Because uh, people like it, I suppose. Not for me, uh, not for me at all. Um, but I, I'm definitely going to go back to Vegas this year. I think that's the, that's definitely the place. Uh, what have we got here? Groper, copper, shame, assaulted six women. Do you know, it's almost on a daily basis, almost on an hourly basis. Things in the in the newspapers. And then Emily Maitlis. Emily Maitlis, she apparently works for the BBC. And she presents Newsnight. What What's she done today? You don't believe this. Emmy Maitlis, you know, serious journalist. She meets the Chippendales. It's not normal, is it, dear? Not normal. As she fights female sex abuse. What about men? As hashtag me too fights female sex. So in other words, and we're not exploited. We love it. So why can't grid girls do a job they enjoy? Emily Maitlis sort of inter- inter- interviews a bunch of preeming, pumped up little men who sort of take their, their shirts off, and the poor old women in the audience sit there going, my Eric doesn't look like that at all with his shirt off. And that's the whole idea, and they, they sit there dribbling over men 
some of whom are whoopsie, so they're not going to be remotely interested, but they sort of do all this. I mean, there's the, you know, the, the amount of people nowadays who start working out in gyms. It's very narcissistic. It's very narcissistic. You know, people who work out in gyms are constantly showing you their bodies. Well, they're showing me. I think it's just to make me feel bad, actually. I'm determined. By the time I get to Vegas, I'm going to have lost a stone. How are we going to manage it? I've got no idea. I don't know. I'm going to join the Chippendales. I'm going to be... Because they had another group, didn't they? The Blobbindales. And they were just very, very fat people taking their, taking their clothes off. So I could probably join that, uh, that group there. Uh, do you keep any lucky charms in your studio, says Jim? Or wear any charms while on your drive-in and when you're presenting a show? Were you mad or something? Lucky? What do you mean, like, lucky charms? What, like a rabbit's foot? Lucky for me, not for the rabbit. I don't know. I don't do lucky charms. I'm not superstitious. Not the slightest. I managed to get this far in the career without a lucky charm. I don't know what, what you would class as a lucky charm. I don't have any Irish things on me. I don't have a lucky rabbit's foot or two feet or, you know, anything at all. No, I'm not, uh, not a superstitious person. I don't, I'll walk under ladders if necessary. The only reason I don't is I'm worried that something will drop on my head. But, uh, no, I, I don't do anything at all. And I don't think you should. I don't think you should. Uh, the other day, you said you may like coloured lights in the bathroom. Or a glow suit, some very good bulbs that change colour, says Trevor. I don't want the lights changing in the bathroom. I've got them in the shower. My shower head changes colour. And, uh, and that's quite nice. Except when you see your body bathed in blue light, it really doesn't look so good. But red light's very nice. Uh, judging from the weather forecast, says Dean, I thought they'd be a hard frost in Blackpool today. Yeah, I mean, I think over the next few days, it's going to get chilly. It's going to get chilly, and you just have to accept the fact that it's going to get chilly. So just wrap up. I bet you anything, I'll get back to the station this morning. There'll be people coming off the trains without without coats on. Seriously, I mean, some people, they either don't feel the cold, or they can't afford a coat. Yet they can afford to travel by train. And blah, 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 blah. So what have we got? Mary Berry making a saucy TV return with a series of cheeky innuendos. Love Mary Berry. We love Mary Berry. We really do. And... Um, Viewers fearing for Ant McPartland. They said that on the Saturday night takeaway, he didn't look his usual self. And the reason is, he's been in and out of rehab. His marriage has collapsed. I should imagine he didn't look his self. He's having to cope without all the things that got him through the programmes before. So that's, that's why. That's why. Front page of the Mirror today. Uh, it's football. I don't do football. I'm really not interested. I couldn't care that. Seriously, I'm really not interested. Uh, beware the beast from the east, it will kill. Warning as heavy snow, ice and brutal minus 15 degrees winds sweep in to cause chaos. I don't know why they'd cause chaos. We've been told about it now for the past week and a half. Surely councils are all ready for this. Don't you think so? Apparently not. They're not, they're not ready for it at all. But I think it's going to be OK. I think it's going to be fine. Of course, if it, if it all turns to go sort of belly up, then I shall eat humble pie. And have to sort of say it's dreadful. The week of ice hell, they say. It depends where you go in the country. There's always going to be snow in some, but it's very pretty. If you're sitting indoors and the heating's on, you've got a log burner going on, and uh, and it's all it's all. You don't mind sitting there looking out the window, do you? Because that's lovely. But if you're actually out in it, oh dear, walking around Regent's Park yesterday. Uh, so here is Steph. I'm not posh, so I get paid less. And then they've listed all the people on there. So Fiona Bruce. Is between three fifty and four hundred thousand quid private school. Uh, Laura, somebody, uh, Victoria Derbyshire and uh, Michelle Hussein between two hundred and two hundred and fifty thousand uh, pounds. And then in the two to two fifty, Sophie Rayworth, Kirsty Walk, Moira Stewart, and Nagaman Chetty. Three of them went went to private schools. Moira Stewart went to a state school. 
And uh, and Steph has come up with this feeble excuse that she knows whatever he's earning, and it's to do with the fact that she's common. I don't know why. Why you would ever use that as an excuse? I can't believe that the BBC said no. Eighty percent of our staff went to state schools. Do you have to fill that in when you go? Do you think they know here at Global what sort of school I went to? God blimey! I'd hate to think I was being sort of picked on because I did uh, preparatory school and then I failed my eleven plus and went to sec mod. And I've not done too bad. I don't know what you're complaining about, woman. I mean, if, if you're not satisfied with it, why don't you tiddle off back where you came from? You know, and go and do something locally, and then you can be sort of proud of your heritage. But to use it as an excuse, not really good enough. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. A lot of the critics this morning, talking about Anton Deck's Saturday Night Takeaway, said they don't mind the programme and the format because they can probably do it in their sleep because it's just a standard format. It's been taken from lots of different programmes. Game for a Laugh, The Two Ronnies, all sorts of different programmes have contributed to Ant and Deck. It's just that they, they sort of put their, their spin on it. And this week, they did their setup, basically the same as uh, Noel Edmonds' Gotcha, with Amanda Holden. Now, Amanda Holden has, uh, I think, a range of clothing with QVC which she was allowed to plug unmercilessly. I've never seen anything like it. And then you have to realise that Anton Deck and Amanda Holden uh, share one thing, an agent. They have the same agent. So, consequently, she was allowed to plug on television her stuff on QVC. And I thought, that's an advert. That's an advert. But they, they, they were allowed to do it. A lot of the critics have said that kind of spoils the programme, really. Uh, snowing hard in Brightling Sea, says Dell. No, it's not. I love the way that people think it's snowing in parts of the country when it's not. It just is not snowing. It's not. There is no snow in the country. There isn't. Sorry? You've spoken to the Met Office. Snowing in eastern areas. What? Yeah. Well, it's not. It's not snowing down here, is it? No, it hasn't. I woke up. I woke up. The ground was bone dry. Bone dry. Well, listen, I live down the road from Heathrow. Might have snowed over your house because somebody sat there with a snow machine. But I promise you, in the rest of Twickenham, there was diddly squat. There was nothing going on at all. You're just making this story up to give you something to talk about on the news. That's what you're doing. I know exactly what it is. a case of let's make out that we're all going to die in a snowdrift or something. Well, are we not? (laughs) My place is like toast. I was walking about in my pants earlier on this morning like toast. Because I've got a little tiny heater, which is lovely, and it just pumps out the heat. Pumps it all. My place never gets cold, actually. I don't think it's ever been cold. A friend of mine's got a bungalow. She gets freezing. Freezing to death. But there's no snow in Twickenham. I've had a look on the cameras. There's no snow anywhere. Not even in Antarctica. They've got no snow at all. It's all gone away. It's a heat wave. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, Steve, uh, off to... Is it Riga? For a week? Sorry? Latvia? It says Riga. Oh, it's in Latvia, is it? What do you want to go to Latvia for? Bye. Why would you want to go to Latvia? 11 and could drop to minus 25 later in the week. That's for Duncan, poor soul. You must have been really naughty to go to Latvia. You go to Latvia. Off you go. I've never been, actually. I don't even know what Latvian food is. I think there must be something. I know Polish is sausages and stuff like that and cabbage, but I don't know what, what Latvian food is. Is there like They have takeaways in Latvia of... Takeaway Latvian food, I suppose. I mean, over here, we've got takeaways of kebabs and takeaways of burgers. They've got a new burger in the paper as well, which is made out of plant food. And it's, uh, it's just a bit bit bland. I suppose it's for vegans who sort of want things that look like something else. They eat a lot of pork in Latvia. Oh, right. So there you go. 
It's never appealed to me. Well, not the case that it hasn't appealed to me. It's just never interested me to go to Latvia. I'm bad enough in finding places in this country. Uh, Angie says, you should have done your Elvis impression, read the good luck charm. Uh-huh. Your singing voice is very good, in my opinion. Did you ever make a record? Maybe a duo with Cliff later in the year. Just a thought. Can you imagine? We could do Mary's boy child, Jesus Christ, was born on Christmas Day. Hark now here. Because we're getting ever closer, aren't we? I forget how many days we are away from Christmas, but it's not far away. Got to start saving up. I'm saving up at the moment to go to Vegas. I don't know how much money I need to take to Vegas for 302 days to Christmas. Yes! That'll annoy somebody. Somebody will, somebody will write in again, we don't want to know it's 302 days to Christmas. Well, I do. I'm fascinated by the fact it's... I mean, how excited is that? I'm going to be counting down 302 days. I'm getting my advent calendar out. You know, 302 days, 301 days, 300 days. Open the window, take a chocolate, close the little door. You know, and so it goes on. I love that. I love it. Anything to do with Christmas or anything is my, my favourite. Definitely my favourite. Uh, Steve, on leaving, uh, just leaving London, Steve, where there's no snow, on my way to Norwich, I'll let you know if there really is snow, says Charlie. Well, if there is, Charlie, you're very aptly named, aren't you, really? There'll be a load of old Charlie up in Norwich, I reckon. Don't you think so? Will be when you get there. Uh, also, Robin Hood's grave. You know that Robin really existed? I expressed surprise on the programme the other day that Robin Hood was actually Robin of Loxley. And he was Robin Hood. He was, he was actually, um, he was uh, hit, I think, by an arrow or something. He, he'd upset somebody. Anyway, oh, that's right. He went to a nunnery and it turned out that the abbess there was having an affair, you know, like they do, with, uh, with Robin Hood's worst enemy and they attacked him. And uh, he ended up dying. I mean, he had his uh, his sort of merry men. And uh, I think we all know why they were all merry, because they were all living together, all wearing Lincoln green in the forest and uh, and all running around trees. And there were hardly any women there. There was just Maid Marian, but nobody was too sure about her anyway. And so they're all running around and we're all going to wear Lincoln green. Some of them wanted Lincoln pink, but that didn't work. So they went for the Lincoln green and it was all very exciting. And um, and the, and Robin was robbing from the rich and giving to the poor. So he'd have had a field day in this country, wouldn't he? But anyway, uh, they think that he died at the Priory, but actually, if truth be known, he died... Uh, somewhere else. I think it was a, at a priory near Brighouse. As he lay dying, he fired an arrow out of the window. And the story is, Lincoln Green, and the arrow out of the window and then landed within the grounds and they went, that's where we're going to bury him. So they turned around, they said to Robin, we're gonna, well, he'd gone by that time. He'd gone, so he had no idea. And so that's where they buried him. Now, apparently, they're going to concrete it over and uh, Robert Bamforth of the Campaign to Protect Rural England says the tragedy is this land looks just as it did back then. If you say to a Japanese tourist, Robin Hood shot his arrow over that warehouse, it doesn't have the same ring, does it? Because that's what they were thinking, put a, you know, put in a warehouse. And uh, it ought to be buried near a warehouse. And they just want Robin's grave to be marked. It was vandalised some years ago when uh, people, you know, put a little, you know, here lies Robin Hood. I love the idea. As kids, we, we used to play Robin Hood. Well, I mean, obviously not really, but uh, we didn't have any Lincoln Green. But if you went into the, into the woods on your bike, that was great fun, wasn't it? You could have all sorts of fun when you were kids. And you look back on it and you think, how did that work? What did we do on our bicycles? We just sort of, we sort of, it was prior to E.T. So we didn't even do any E.T. things like, you know, waiting and then, you know, the car shoots over the top of you and then E.T. makes us fly and all the rest of it. No snow at Heathrow, says John, the truck driver who's near Heathrow. So there you go. So it's Paul, Paul making this up again. 
he's making it up to, to make a bulletin. And the uh, and the idea is that we've got um, is we've got snow in the country. Not yet. I mean, this this Robin Hood story. I did say yesterday. In years to come, it's going to be like Richard the Third. He was dug up under a car park in Leicester. I mean, can you believe it? Is that possible? Uh, my friend Ian says I'm already counting down to Christmas. He says, and Vegas. When are we meeting up? Yeah, I haven't. Um, I don't have a date yet for it. Management getting very excited. He's not really taking holidays. Yeah, he might be. I will, actually. I'm, def- I'm definitely going to do it. I just don't know when to do it. I don't know when it's a good time when it's not so hot in Vegas, because it does get very hot. Apparently, Jeff says Riga is a very popular destination for raucous stag weekends. Oh, God. Oh, is that why? Is that why people go there? It's stag weekends. That's a bit like... Um, um, uh, where else they go to stag? stag? Prague. Prague is very popular because apparently there's lots of hookers. And Krakow as well, another very popular place. But it's the girls in Prague. Somebody was telling me about the girls in Prague in all the bars that they they, they bring in strippers and all sorts of things. And, and the thing is, in pr- everybody's stunning looking. I don't know if you saw that programme the other day. I, I hate it. I'm going to be rude now, but I can't help it. It's a, It was a, a programme about, um, uh, about a man who had used the services of a prostitute... Uh, her and her husband used to drive around in this camper van thing. They'd pull into a car park. She would service men. I mean, to be honest with you, she looks like she was past her sell-by when she was born, let alone operating now. But anyway, then this bloke who had had sex with her gets targeted by somebody who, who wants to blackmail him for £1,000. I want £1,000 and all the rest of it. And so he goes to the police, which is the only thing you can do. If you think you're being blackmailed, you go to the police. Do not even let it go down the line of you might want to pay money because, let's face it, £1,000 today, £2,000 next free. So it goes on. So you always go to the police automatically. It's as simple as that. Get them to sort it out. That's what they do. And they do it very well. In this particular case, they needed to find the blackmailer. How did they find him? He worked for the police. He was working on this investigation. He was that what, what they'd done is typed in a few things on the internet and up came his profile. Because apparently it's that easy. So you sort of, you know, you, you get somebody's profile up there and you go, you type in, I don't know, sex with a bovril jar or something stupid like that. And up will come all the people who've typed in sex with a bovril jar. And they found him. And he was a copper and they confronted him on camera. They said, um, you're working on this, on this. He was working, watching the thousand pounds on police surveillance cameras. And he was sitting there and they said, we're arresting you for blackmail. And the look on his face said it all. It turned out that they ended up having to kick him out of the police force. He got 18 months in prison, which then changed, and he got three years. But it, it was very interesting to see how the whole thing operated and how whatever you type in on your computer can be traced. It doesn't matter what it is. It can, I can't remember where I started this story anyway. But uh, it was very interesting. Very, very, very interesting. It was just the fact that this sort of prostitute woman... Um, and her husband, he would sit in the front of the van while she was doing the business at the back. And he said, oh, we, we, we get loads of phone calls all the time. So I don't know where they advertise. But this, this bloke, this, this copper, who had a wife, as one of his fellow workers said, why would you throw away a career, a pension and money? It turned out he had money problems. But, uh, you know, you sort of, and also when they went to his house, take his computer away, they found a copy of the letter that he'd sent to this bloke who'd been with the prostitute woman, uh, asking for a £1,000. He just ripped it up, as opposed to, you know, shredding it or something like that. All he'd done is actually rip, ripped it up. And that was that was it. It was all very bizarre, actually. Very, very bizarre. And uh, But anyway, it had the, had the right outcome. 
that uh, the police had to arrest one of their own, which they don't like doing, as you can imagine. Adrian says, if you need somebody to carry your bags, uh, sure, I'm available. And um, <laughs> you've got that wrong about Robin Hood. He was laying in his deathbed and said, where this arrow lands, buried me. So they buried him in the roof. <laughs> no, it went out the window. I know that. That's that, that, that sort of laid down in sort of legend. Uh, somebody says it's snowing in Fulham. Had to leave at 6.30 for work. And I should be well wrapped up. It's not snowing in Fulham. Stop it now. Don't be silly. It's not snowing anywhere at all at the moment. I'm with you on Christmas, says Sean, who's in a place called Trentham in Stoke, the posh part. Here we go again. Here we go again. This sort of this north south divide. There is nothing posh about Trentham, as you know. Look out of your window. Well, I'll tell you what we've got a problem with at the moment. People putting rubbish in the bins. When it gets to the top of the bin, there's still loads of rubbish in there. The rooks and the crows sit on that. They pull bags apart to get the thing. You get, end up with car parks just full of rubbish. And uh, Eddie says, why, oh, why Las Vegas? Best bit for me was the airport on the way home. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was great. Adult Disney. At a price. At a price. But I'm going to save up. I'm going to save a little bit of money every month and uh, to make sure that I, d- I never like to worry about money on holiday because I don't do holidays, do I? Here we go again, snowing in Croydon, says Janet again. There's a lot of people who've got cataracts and things like that. It's not snowing anywhere. But anyway, just going back to Robin Hood, let's hope that they don't they don't concrete him over because in, in 100 years' time, they'll dig it up and go, oh, look, what sort of stupid council decided to concrete over Robin Hood? The answer is that council up there because, you know, that should be a proper grave, shouldn't it? Dig him up, put him somewhere interesting. You know, that's what, that's what we want to see, isn't it? We want to see this. Like Charles I, where's he buried? Windsor. Buried in the same place that Harry and Meghan uh, are going to be married. Lovely. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Monday. Welcome to It's Blooming Cold Out There. It really is, but it doesn't matter. Simon says, uh, light specks of snow at Dorchester Hotel. Ten months to Boxing Day. Yeah. (laughs) I don't mind about that. Uh, It's not snowing in Fulham, Steve. Snowing in Brighton, though. Yeah, right. Blizzards at Heathrow. Help. Here we go. <laughs> Dorothy's in Wales. They don't know anything in Wales at all. There's no snow or anything at all. Uh, and somebody says the speeded up version of Robin Hood was William Tell with the overture. I like both and Marion, played by Bernadette O'Farrell, giving a, a little romance. I don't think there was any romance. As I say, they're all mincing around in the, uh, in the sort of forest up there. They had a tree the other day and apparently it was, it was on, the, on the news and it's the tree where Robin hid. But to be honest with you, it's a bit silly because the signs everywhere going, this is Robin's tree. You know, where would they start looking for him? In his tree. I still quite like the idea of it. It's, it's very good. And uh, uh, Richard says in Barking, uh, what do you call them little white flakes that fall from the sky? Dandruff. Dandruff. OK, that's what it is. It's dandruff, dear. Dandruff and a little bit of wind. Uh, Steve, only because yet again you made me get up to listen to you. I'm sitting with my espresso. And there isn't a snowflake in sight. These people are, quite frankly, blind, deluded, or both. Adam thinks it's snowing in Tadworth. What is it with you? Are you all on some sort of medication this morning? There is no snow. I'll let you know when it's there. I'll let you know when the snow's there, because you'll see it on the news and you'll hear it on the news. But uh, at the moment, no, it's not. I mean, in certain parts of the world, it would be snowing at the moment. And very lovely it is, too. Provided it's just pretty, pretty snowflakes, not... Sort of really horrid, horrid snowflakes. We don't want driving 
wind, do we? Well, I don't. Definitely not. Uh, the jihadi brides. They've actually come back to this country and they've now being, they're being reintegrated at the taxpayers' expense. I'd slightly worry about these people. They've all got some sort of sickness, haven't they? They went over there. They, they married ISIS fighters and then they come back here because they suddenly they didn't. we don't like it. I wouldn't trust them as far as I could throw them. Really wouldn't. Uh, what have we got here? We've got... Um, oh, yes, every beggar is faking it. In Ely. That's the place, which I think is Cambridgeshire. And the police have gone out there. They said none of them are homeless. They're all con men. They're all trying to rip you off. These people should be arrested. Begging is illegal, as far as I'm concerned, sitting on the street. We get them around our way. They sit there. There's a girl who does it. She's a druggie. And her boyfriend pimps her from the other side of the road. It's appalling. Why they've not been, you know, arrested... I've got no idea. If somebody's genuinely homeless, you can understand it. But they say in Ely, nobody is genuinely homeless. Really not. Uh, the bombs still fall in Syria. We did a story the other day on the programme because there was a picture in one of the papers, might have been the Telegraph on the front page, of two little children who haven't got anything. They've got nothing. They just sit there staring with that vacant look. Only little. You know, they can't be any more than ten or nine, eight, something like that. And they literally, you know, one, I think 500 people in one particular town were sort of killed the other, you know, in the course of a week. And you think, what are these children? You know, they've got nothing. Traumatised, blimey. Blimey. You just, you just feel you want to give something, you know, back to them. I don't know. Heading to Stansted, says Nigel, leaving Norwich now. No snow. Uh, specks of snow in Liverpool, says Graham. You see, there might just be specks, but it's not going to turn into anything. And especially if you've had a little bit of rain. That means that it's just going to be very wet. Tony's in stains upon Thames. Have you noticed they, they've now renamed it? It used to be just stains because that's what it was. And, uh, and now it stains upon Thames. He said, went to Vegas last November, stayed at the Luxor. Uh, I've been to, the, uh, been to the Luxor before because they have um, an exhibition on the Titanic. They're great fun and better still, no ankle biters. Children, you don't, I mean, children are not encouraged to go to Vegas. You know why? Because they can't go in the casinos. They're not allowed in the casinos. Little children, you've got to be, I think it's 21 to go in a casino. They have a lot of trouble with sort of trying to keep out underage people. I think people think who oh, just go there and everybody gambles. Not if you're a child. You can't even drink till you're 21. Can't even drink. You can sit by the pool, but you can't do anything else. So uh, be warned if you're thinking of going. I don't want you to get there and be all disappointed when you realise that there's nothing for the kids. There isn't anything. You'd be far... That's why all the Brits go to Florida. You go to Florida because Florida or Dubai where it's got the sunshine and they've got lots of things which can cater for sort of younger members of the family. But Florida, because it's got the weather and because you can go to Disneyland and Waterworld and SeaWorld and just about everything else is world. Uh, the snow's on the way, say the Daily Star. I don't know if it is. I don't know if it is. I'm, I'm just sort of, uh, sort of checking again. Uh, ice cold in Alex as he's chopped. He's apparently, he reads the weather. On GMB, but there appeared to be two of them. We couldn't work that out before. There was one of them, Laura Tobin, and so whether he was covering for her, I've got no idea. Um, 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 um. Oh yes, the anthrax scare sparked hazard gear handout. So apparently they're going to issue all the staff uh, around the royals with these anthrax suits. I mean, hilarious, isn't it? Because it wasn't anthrax at all. But as I say, there's so many stupid people out there. Uh, here's a picture of uh, fans. No, it's not a picture of fans, actually, a picture of Anton Deck. And um, the fans have voiced fears for them, well, for him, actually, for Ant, by claiming he didn't seem right during his Saturday night takeaway comeback. Well, he's probably just feeling his feet. I mean, there's a lot of it pre-recorded, so they, they've got an opportunity. But he's been through the mill and backwards, hasn't he? So they've got to, you know, play it a little bit. I suppose uh, 
sort of carefully, just to make sure he doesn't have a breakdown or something like that. Uh, here's Rita Ora. Is she hooking up with Liam Payne, or is he really with Cheryl? Uh, she said, yeah, of course, we're together and all the rest of it. But as I say, sometimes that's what people say nowadays, isn't it? And uh, Mark says, I was sure that it was snowing in Childerditch. I bow to your superior knowledge and accept that it's not snow. It must be cherry blossom. Of course it's cherry blossom. Of course it's, you know, I stood under a cherry blossom tree and shook it. It's that. That's what it is. Snowing in Greenwich, says uh, Justin. And somebody says it's snowing in Billericay. It's always snowing in Billericay. My old boss used to say, when the wind's in the east, it's neither good for man nor beast. They always used to come up with those sort of ridiculous things, didn't they? You know, red sky at night, shepherd's delight. Red sky in the morning, it's really going to be one hell of a day. You know, it's just boring, you know. I mean, how many shepherds do you know in this country? You know, a stitch in time saves no idea. People in glass houses shouldn't. You know, a rolling stone still tours at 74. You know, there's all sorts of these little things, but it's, you know, red sky at night. Always used to make me laugh. Bill Stickers will be will be prosecuted. This Stephanie story, too posh, BBC of a class gap. I mean, I think she's just trying to cover up her own insecurities because it's very dreary and very boring. They don't check somebody and go, or with, with, with... I mean, let's face it, if if they thought she was not posh, why would they give her BBC breakfast? They'd shove her away on some other programme, like Click or something like that, keep her off television or Country File. You know, but they put her on breakfast. They must think it's fine. Perhaps she's just ungrateful. Perhaps somebody said to her, because apparently she claims that she saw a map once and there was a line through where her family used to live and where, and where you know, other people in the country, and they said that news teams were not allowed to go to these areas. And she went, my parents live there. I thought, well, we've just got your word for it, haven't we, really? Did you take a picture? No. Uh, Constantine says large flakes falling in Vegas. Well, there would be. And uh, Debbie says it's snowing a bit in Leicester. Forget Richard III, we invented DNA. Do you think they've got DNA from Robin Hood? Could you create another Robin Hood? I quite like that idea. I'm, I'm, I'm up for that one, but I've just got to wait another 100 years before they dig somebody up, and I, I don't really want to wait for it. In fact, I don't think... I, I spoke to a friend of mine yesterday, he thinks he's going to be dead by 65. I said, oh, I don't want your dog. The dog, apparently, is going to last... This is the dog that should have died a year ago, more than a year ago. It's still going! He says, oh, it's only going to be a few weeks now. I said, listen, you said that a year ago. I said, it's still bouncing along. It's about 90-something in, in, in sort of doggy years or in human years. And, uh, and still sort of, you know, sort of picking up the pace and doing all sorts of nice things. So I never believe things like that. Good news is that uh, Stephen Fry is back out of hospital. He's had his prostate removed. And uh, it's the best thing to get uh, checked out. We love Stephen Fry. He's gorgeous. And the, the joke's over. Do you remember the comedian? I'll tell you about this, the other side of the news, uh, who was doing jokes about her husband and her marriage. He's, uh, he's suing. He's suing. Can't have things like that. Coming up to the news at five o'clock this morning, uh, the Arctic UK. Well, it's cold, and it is cold, but uh, no snow yet. Uh, the police need 100 more officers to tackle the sex abuse in Rotherham. It's, uh, they're getting them into court as fast as possible, and they will all be jailed. I have no doubt of it. North Korea's ready for talks with America. Uh, the uh, losing a day, we, we, we lose a day trying to park in the course of a year. I don't, if I see a space, sometimes I go past it, and a friend of mine would go, why have you just gone past that space? I said, well, there you go. And the burger van that only takes 40 quid a day, only gets 20 customers. Uh. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Brr, cold, cold. Doesn't matter. It's Monday. Start of the week, wrap-up. We did warn you about this last week. We told you over the weekend. In fact, actually, I don't think there's been a, a day go by where LBC has not told you about how bad... 
the weather's going to be. And, they, and they're now warning you. They're saying, listen, you know, people could die. They're calling it the beast from the east. Makes it sound like a male stripper, doesn't it, really? Well, to some people. And uh, I was thinking, well, it is cold out there this morning. My little hands were frozen. I'm beautifully warm now. I'm a bit toasty. And I've got my coat on. I've got a hood with it. I've got a scarf. You know, get get a, a hat which has got flaps on for your ears because your ears will get freezing cold. And check if you've got a neighbour who's elderly and you've not seen them for a day. Just check they're all right. You know, because it is it is going to be very, very cold. Uh, the joke is over. We'll come around to that one in a moment. The police, it's in Ely. They've said that none of their beggars are genuine. None of them. They've said they're, they're all faking it. They're just people who, who are bone idle. They can't be bothered to work. And they rely on the good-natured people to give them money. They said, why don't you give them food and hot drinks? They don't want that, of course. They want money. And, uh, and you go, well, you're only going to waste it, so we're not going to give it to you. I mean, I don't know why they don't expose these people. It ruins it for the genuine people who are homeless, but none of them are homeless. The ladies of Hollywood have failed in a legal bid to keep their ages a secret because nobody but nobody wants to tell you how old they are. I can't understand why, why you wouldn't want to tell us. I mean, I've always been quite honest with you about how old I am. I'm just over 42 now, and uh, I am... I know you don't believe it. And because when I tell people my real age, they don't believe it anyway. So you can't uh, you can't win in this one. No, I've, all, I've always said I've got a big birthday coming up in March. Seems like a big birthday to me. A friend of mine said he doesn't like birthday. I went to a friend of mine's birthday the other day uh, who works on one of our sister stations. And that was lovely. And uh, I had my, I think it was my 60th in the Hippodrome. And uh, that was nice. Nobody got drunk. We had lots of little finger food and everything, which was lovely, which was delicious. And that was really nice. And and then I thought, where am I going to have my birthday this year? I don't know. Is it worth doing, you know, a birthday for a load of people or wait till we get to a a bigger birthday the following year? And the answer is, I don't know. (laughs) Can't do two things in one year. Imagine having a holiday and celebrating a birthday. But I like the idea of going on the holiday bit. I'm, I'm warming to it, you know, day by day. My friend Ian, who's out there, says it's 60 degrees at the moment. That's F, I think. And uh, it's just right. But I don't want to do it just yet. I'm, I'm going to leave it till a bit later in the year. But I'm definitely going to do it, if only just to go to the Tommy Bahamas shop and buy loads of shirts and bring them back. So it's, it's cheaper than having to pay all the, uh, the duty and everything else. Uh, the Aristo Glums, the miserable titled ladies. It's a lovely uh, picture that appeared on the internet of loads of very famous people. You won't know who they are, but they're from famous families. But every single one of them at Dolce Gabbana's Milan... Fashion Week show looks as miserable as Sid. You've never seen such miserable looking people. Why can't people smile? Like for Cheryl, isn't it? I said last week, smile. You've got 20 million in the bank. You live in a mansion. Their idea of a mansion. And, uh, and, and you've got 20 million. You've got Babby. You know, I mean, how much more perfect can life be? They're dragging out the album release, aren't they, though? Probably because it's not really going to be worth it. You need to get publicity on a TV show. And if she appears not to be on a TV show, how are they going to sell an album? They're just going to put adverts in the papers. And people would say, why, would you like to buy Cheryl's album? No. Why would we? I don't know what makes a successful a successful album. I don't know whether or not, you know, at the Global Awards, we're going to be seeing people who uh, have had albums out. Because Sam Smith is very, very successful. Andrea Bocelli is incredibly successful. And Rita Ora is incredibly successful. I mean, I, w- I couldn't sing one of her songs. I wouldn't, have the f- I wouldn't have any knowledge at all of songs. And I sometimes, as I'm wandering around the building, I catch some of our radio stations and I listen to the music. I don't know who anybody is. I, I, sometimes I might identify a song, but I couldn't tell you. I could sit there and sort of... It, it could be a, a question on... Uh, 
what was the question they did the other day? And I knew the answer immediately. It was on Chris Tarrant, who wants to be a millionaire. And the question was, which band did Jerry Garcia play with? Was it the Animals? Was it the um, the Grateful Dead? Was it um, Rolling Stones? Or was it Spencer Davis Group? And I knew the answer immediately. Did you, did you know the answer, Nostor? Yeah. He, he, he won 8,000 quid and he decided to phone a friend. And I'm shouting the answer into the television. It was the Grateful Dead. And the moment he, he ran through the answers, the bloke at the end of the phone went Grateful Dead. And I just happened to know that. I've never, I couldn't sing you any of the Grateful Dead songs. I just know that Jerry Garcia was lead singer with the Grateful Dead. And that's all I know. They're apparently a psychedelic band. See, that I didn't know either. But there again, you know, I wasn't on the programme. Quite liked it. Uh, practice what you preach, the Archbishop, Justin Welby. I mean, you know, having made an attack on second homeowners, he turns out to have a French jeet. Do these people think that people don't don't find out? Do you think they, they think that? Uh, North Korea, ready for US talks. It's amazing, isn't it? We, 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 we've gone from somebody's about to push the button and we're all going to be blown to smithereens to they're now ready for talks. The plant-based patty... That's like a, a burger thing. Invented in a laboratory. Looks, tastes and sizzles like meat. But it's not meat. It's a plant-based patty. And, uh, that, yeah, that's quite... All right, if you like that kind of thing. I'm not, I've been to a macrobiotic restaurant before. That's not very exciting. And, uh, and I suppose I've eaten vegetarian. They used to do a lovely thing. Where did they do it? Might have been one of the, the cafes or something. It was like a croissant with some lovely soft cheese in the middle, melted, like could be mozzarella, could be, I don't know, whatever it was, with tomatoes on it. Oh, it was, no, I bought them in M&S ages ago. They were delicious. And I kept thinking, oh, I've done vegetarian. I hadn't really, but I just, I felt like I'd done uh, television. Uh, Wayne Rooney has paid £5 million over the movie tax avoidance scheme. You know, HMRC came down and went, uh, we don't think it's, uh, it's right. And uh, you have to pay five million pounds. And I said, well, you know, he can argue the toss with them. But unfortunately, at the end of the day, it's HMRC. But also five million pounds. He's got five million pounds. He was earning. I mean, he's not earning the same money now, but he was earning about 300,000, which worked out, I think, at about 12 million a year. Whatever it was, it was funny. He's on about half that. Oh, struggle by with six million a year. For somebody like him, and he still looks like he's got shredded wheat suck on his head. Still poor old Colleen. Ha <laughs> Goes out. And you look at it and you think, all the money, no class, no class. Um, uh, what else do we have today? Oh, the burger van. And then poor old Roxanne Pallet. They're all going this way, aren't they? I've noticed, actually, it's happening a lot. This is about the third person I've heard of who's sort of, their acting has dried up. Mainly because nobody tells these uh, people. You go into a soap like Emmerdale or Corrie or EastEnders or Neighbours, or, it doesn't matter what it is. And all of a sudden, somebody writes you out because of whatever reason. But before that, you've done loads of shoots in the papers. They go, oh, look, here is Roxanne Pallet. We've had it a million times. I can quote you chapter and verse. You know, this is Roxanne looking very sexy in a little outfit. Then you meet her and she's a bit like Chloe Madeley, about two foot tall. And they don't look like that. They're all painted and airbrushed and sort of whizzed and zhuzhed and all the rest of it. And, uh, and so they actually get round to, to doing it. And then they end up with loads of these pictures. And then people go, I'm sorry, we're not taking you seriously. You know, they need to be guided more. Do not agree to do these things. They shouldn't agree to do them because it kills their career. She's, she's got no career now. So uh, as, as a last ditch attempt, she's now decided to quit acting. And that's generally the other way around. And she's going to be a radio presenter. And you think to yourself, it's, they almost make it sound like, oh, yeah, oh, well, I'll just do a radio presenter. Like one of the blokes from sort of Gogglebox. I mean, she says here, 
uh, Russell Grant told me that 2018, uh, 2018 would bring great change, and he was right. I fell in love with a Yorkshire lad and landed my dream job with a radio station who are already like a family to me. She's doing the breakfast show. This, as I say, you know, it's tough. It's tough. It really is. But uh, she says, I can't wait to start working with my co-host. She does say here, though, um, uh, she says the early mornings are going to be tricky. Here we go. Already they're going to be tricky. She says, as I'm known for sleeping through my alarm, so hosting a breakfast show will be like the challenge of my career. We don't have a career, dear. Coffee and chocolate will be essential. And uh, I can't wait to start working with Ben. He's a film geek like me. So we instantly clicked. I think I may corrupt him with my junk food diet and outrageous stories. God, riveting already. <laughs> That's what they think people rely on now on radio, don't they? Outrageous stories. But it's, I'm more worried about the line, I can't get up in the morning. You know, but uh, it's interesting. So they say here, the, uh, the content director, I think that must have been program controller of this place, uh, said, after another set of great Rajar figures, we were determined to give our audience the breakfast show they deserve. In other words, they've ditched the last bloke. He's gone. So obviously they weren't that great and they've now decided to stick on somebody with no radio experience whatsoever who admits she can't get up in the morning. Hilarious. Hilarious. After a great set of Rage Art figures. Yes, great set of Rage Art figures. Let's find somebody different for the breakfast show because you lot aren't doing it. Oh, the old one jumped ship, obviously, before he was sort of like... <laughs> Steve, I live in Hackney, says Ray. And at five you said no snow yet. He said I looked outside and guess what? It's snowing. Will you stop it? Look out the window. Is it snowing out there? Is it snowing outside that window? I know we're not in Hackney, Ray. I have to appreciate this. Is it uh, not snowing here? Are you sure somebody, Ray, is not above you in a flat upstairs, cutting up little bits of paper and dropping them outside your window? It could be that, couldn't it? Just in the trucker, I've heard it said. Definitely snowing in Witham, in Essex. Snowing in Newcastle. No, it really is, says Matthew. Specks of snow in Dulwich. Dandruff falling in Shooter's Hill, says Richard. I stand corrected. I saw a couple of snowflakes in Fulham. I know. I could probably point out a couple of snowflakes in Fulham as well. And somebody says, Steve, it's snowing at the North Pole. Stop it. Stop it. Getting as bad as, uh, as Ray now, who's convinced it's snowing down in Hackney. Actually, Hackney was a lot nicer than I thought it was going to be. We are going to have a, a wander about. But, you know, you look a bit silly walking about with your case and all the rest of it. So we didn't do the walkabout. I might do next time. But I was very impressed. Last night I saw Conchita. Yes, Conchita, Bridget, was at the Palladium. I think you'll find. It's only because we know that, because we went past and there was um, a poster. And I said to, to my friend Jordan, I said, oh, look, Conchita Bush. And uh, there was a 60-piece orchestra, plus Conchita's own band on stage. One of the best concerts I've seen in a long while. Oh, good, I'm pleased you said that. I like that. There's a visit in... Sorry, it's a visit. There's a, a village in Cornwall where King Arthur, Steve was supposed to have visited. It's got an Arthur's chip shop, Arthur's gift shop, Arthur's cafe. On the side of the castle, there's an info board saying uh, King Arthur was supposed to have visited the castle despite it having been built 300 years after his death, even if he really existed. This is very near where... Who's that chef who apparently has got all the shops in the village, practically? People go and see Arthur's place. If, if you can't get into... Is it Rick Stein? Rick, Rick Stein's got all these... I mean, he practically owns the, the, the village or something. But if you go down the road, you can go to King Arthur's place, which I quite like. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Jerry says, snowing here in Manchester, Steve. I'm off to Vegas in April. Going to see the Titanic exhibition on your recommendation. Two things you've got to see in Vegas. Old Vegas, 
which has got the old smoking cowboy thing down there. It's all covered over. You can have a lot of fun down there. And uh, you must go to the uh, the museum. They've got a museum of when, you know, Vegas was run, <laughs> uh, run by sort of corrupt people. And they've got part of the wall from uh, an execution site. But you don't know it's the wall until the end of the little thing down there. And you must go and see the Titanic exhibition. And you must go and see a Vegas show. Nobody does shows like they do in Vegas. Nobody. And the what? Oh, and the Tommy Bahama shop you've got to go to as well. You'll love it. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 20 minutes past five. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. Now, this next story, I actually did, um, I think, about a couple of weeks ago. And it's a story of a stand-up comedienne called Louise Ray. I've never heard of her. I've never heard of her. I have to be honest. I'm, I'm normally quite good at, you know, knowing who people are, but I'm assuming... That the, uh, that the circuit is actually fairly big. Anyway, she's uh, separated from a husband. But unfortunately, during her act, she makes references to their marriage. And he said that he's furious. He said he's furious. Uh, he says she's made false allegations and is also complaining that he was identified without his consent, citing breaches of privacy. Because if you're a comedian or a comedian... You're going to sort of tell jokes about the wife and you're going to embellish, aren't you? I'm assuming that's how most people... Because actually most people's lives are fairly dull. But anyway, he's actually suing for £30,000. David Baddiel, who's spoken about his dad's dementia and his mum's rampant sex life in his shows, thinks if Mrs Ray loses the case, it could have a wider implication for all comedians. Because if she's basically, you know, defamed somebody, then you should have to pay for it. But anyway... Uh, In the show, David talks about his mum's affair with a a golf memorabilia salesman. And he he said the show is shot through with a kind of affection for all that hilarious damage that may or may not have been caused. Mr. Rear is seeking £30,000 and an injunction. Mrs. Rear fears that she'll be bankrupted and has set up a crowdfunding page. Comedienne Kiri Pritchard-McLean, again, never heard of these people at all, um says, one of the liberating things about stand-up is your chance to explore your uh, lived experiences on stage, which is what I thought. Now, whether or not you can do that, but if he's identified and if um, she's defamed him in any way, then he can sue. He, he, he can sue for that. So we'll wait. I'll watch it. Producer went to see David Baddiel's show about his mum's affair and dad's dimension. I've talked to David about it on In Conversation. It's brilliant. He's taking it out, is he? Oh, sorry, taking it out on tour again. Old ones are the best. Well worth a night out, says the producer, who had to be ably assisted by a brewery, I think, halfway through. But anyway, he seemed to quite enjoy it, you know, in his own little own little way. Uh, my friend says it's snowing in sunny Berkshire. Confirmed. You think so? Is it really, is it really snowing? I want, I want proof of this. It's no good, I've decided. People just telling me it's snowing everywhere. Because I'm so gullible, I shall be taking... I should be taking all this in again. Oh, it's obviously snowing there. So I've decided to be cynical and go completely opposite way. I want to see proof positive that there is snow coming down. Please don't take your hands off the wheel to do this. Please make sure if there's somebody else in the car, they can they can do it for you. Uh, Dave says, Tommy Bahama's clothes are disgusting. Well, there would be a peasant like you. You can't afford them. That's why. It's not for people like you. It's for class. You're obviously working class. You can't afford stuff like that. Good heavens above. The shop, that's why they have Primark. That's for you. Tommy Bahamas is for cultured people. <laughs> snowing in Battersea, says Julie. Snowing in Lincoln, says Mark. Uh, light snow in Hanley, in Stoke-on-Trent. Mike says, not that I give a hoot. 
six weeks today I'm going to Portugal for my stag do, and then 13 weeks today I'm off to Vegas, and then LA looking forward to 30 plus degrees. God, you won't have the strength to move after you've been to uh, Portugal for a stag do. It's not the kind of place you'd think of for a stag do, is it really? Port- well, I don't. I don't think about stag do's for, uh, for, that, uh, for that sort of place. Some people like that, but not for me, I suspect. Uh, somebody says here, I'm sitting on the Savoy and it started to snow, says Peter, a London cabbie. I'm going to check it on the cameras. I shall, I shall get Joanne to check where it's snowing. You know what she's like? She's got access to all these little cameras. Uh, not snowing in Hackney and I'm walking the dog, says Simon. <laughs> I love the idea of people walking the dog at this time of the morning. Mind you, I suppose it's the best time, isn't it? Snowing like mad, Steve, in my snow globe. Here in Malta, says Eddie, we're having a chilly period. 14 degrees at the moment and a high today of only 18. Oh, God, you'll freeze to death. Freeze to death. But that's what we're, they're, they're warning people here. They're saying don't don't sort of, you know, go outside unless you're wrapped up properly. But I will see people who are, who are not wrapped up at all. It'll be awful. Uh, Dean says, I had garlic patties fresh from my local butcher. Oh, that sounds so exciting. Although I was watching somebody cook with garlic the other day. Who was it? It was either Jamie Oliver or it was... Um, the Dickens was it? Somebody was cooking with garlic. It looked quite nice, actually. Uh, Stop snowing in Billericay, says Martin. Great weather for curling. My least favourite sport. I call it just cleaning the house. That's all it is. Uh, Steve, uh, Thailand is sex tourism. What is Vegas? I don't know. Not not where I am. Not where I am. We don't have... Uh, I've never noticed any sex... I'm sure... Listen, I'm sure they have prostitutes. Not like they have in Thailand, though. Not like they have in Thailand. Did you enjoy your haddock chowder, says Jonathan? From Flintshire. That's nice, isn't it? Flintshire. Where's that? Is that somewhere nice? And what? Wales. Is it Wales? It sounds lovely. Is it so named because of flints? I don't want to appear a bit dim about things like that. Bart says snow in Basildon. Getting heavy in Romford now. As for how many days to Christmas, he says you can keep Christmas. Well, you see, that's the thing. If, if you don't enjoy Christmas, you're never going to like Christmas. 23 degrees in Dubai and definitely no snow, says Azar. Although, actually, they do have a place you can go... You can go ice skating, can't you? And they've got an indoor ice ice place. Uh, Gemma Collins was on an advert yesterday claiming, quote, that she would love to have Argy's baby, whoever Argy is, says Tony in uh, Southsea. She's just revolting. Absolutely revolting. Really, just dreadful, dreadful person. Dreadful person. She's just fake, start to finish. As I say, she's just, she's sort of, she makes up excuses about her pathetic little life and just gets uh, worse and worse and worse. How about snow and minus 30? Currently on a Northern Lights cruise in Norway. UK has no idea what snow is, says Janet. Normally, she's Bromley. Janet, there's nothing normal about Bromley. Uh, snowing in West Drayton, the armpit of the world, says Andrew. I know, I'll pass through it once. And somebody says, I used to do the breakfast show on an internet radio station. Had to present and produce the whole thing myself. And all for free to these silly wannabe celebrities not realise how much hard work a three-hour daily radio show is. I know! I know. It's like, I mean, put it way, easy for people who know what they're doing. But, you know, if you've been used to sort of lying in bed in the morning because you're bone idle and you've only got a bikini shoot, you know, the idea of you, you've actually got to go into the radio and you've got to sound awake and everything else. You can't sit there going, oh, I felt really tired or hungover or something. Can't do that. Can't do it. And so she thinks she's got hilarious stories to tell. But as I say, the last bloke jumped ship. And, um, and so obviously, you know, they're, they're trying to rebuild some sort of audience. I don't think she's the one for it. But there you go. Who knows? She might sound brilliant. Might sound brilliant, but if she sounds a bit naff, it's not going to work. Steve, me and my husband went to Vegas three years ago to get married uh, by Elvis at the Graceland Chapel. 
Stayed in the Cosmopolitan Hotel. It was lovely. Though. It was over the fight weekend, so very busy. It's a busy place, actually. Very busy place. Um, uh, how can you tell Easter's coming? Christmas cards in the shops. I've already got my Christmas cards. I know that makes me sound a really bad person. I'm sorry. I wish I'd never mentioned that. I've still got some left over from last year, which is good. No snow in Chichester. But, uh, in fact, the temperature's gone up one degree since last night. Unsurprisingly, says Ben from Essex, originally. Snowing in Aberdeen. Sounds good. And Steve, not snowing in Montreal, says Richard. Is it not? Is it not? Michael says, snowing weenie flakes in beautiful Brighton. Thursday is the day of six inches, as always in Brighton, of course. You know, somebody said to me last week, I can promise you four inches. I was supposed to get interested in that, but uh, it didn't quite work, I'm afraid. And uh, Re the Jihadi Bride's coming back, says Albert. I'd love to know who's rubber stamping their return. You know, I'm sick to the back teeth of these idiots spending our money looking after this scum. It's an insult to people murdered by them. Yes, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't trust them as far as I could throw them. I really wouldn't. And we're supposed to be sort of changing their thoughts on things. Didn't have any thoughts for their parents or anybody else when they sort of went out there. They'd be, pre- be prepared to kill, I should imagine. Steve, we have Malorcan snow here in Mallorca, where the island is covered in white almond tree blossom. Very pretty, says Sahar, as I'm sure it is. Still to come, uh, the snow chaos that could cripple Britain. Because, you know, we, don't, we, we just don't cope very well with this kind of thing. They go, oh, we might have a bit of snow. They've known about it for ages. All the councils have known about it. So it could be complete chaos. Also, the police and the street beggars in one city, Ely, are all frauds. They're not homeless or anything at all. They just want money. They just sit there. You know, to sit there sort of with their head down, you know. And they're all young. They're all crooks. In Ely, they've said, the police have said not one of them is homeless. So... You know, do not give money to people. like I don't give money to people on the streets anyway. I really don't. I'm sorry. That's the way I work it. It's a case of, listen, you look young enough and fit enough to get off your fat bum and get out there and get a job. You can do something. If Polish people arrive in this country in a short space of time, they're sweeping the streets, keeping them clean and everything else, you can get off your fat blanket and get out there and do something as well. Unless, you, you know, I don't understand why you want to sleep in a doorway. You know, many of these people are not homeless. None of them in Ely. Absolutely none of them. Uh, no snow in boring Sutton, Steve. Well, there you go. I mean, if, if it snowed in Sutton, people would be going like that. They'd be going, oh, it's snowing. God, That's how boring Sutton is. Dreadful. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning. 26 minutes to six is the time. Monday morning on LBC. This Thursday, the Global Awards will be here. We'll be celebrating the stars of music, news and entertainment. LBC will be covering all that happens. And you can watch the show live at lbc.co.uk this Thursday evening. The Global Awards on LBC. More of your texts and emails coming in about the uh, the cold weather. It is, I promise you, if you've not been out this morning, it is cold. It is very cold out there, so do do put on jumpers. I haven't even got any jumpers, I don't think, apart from Christmas ones. It's a little bit ridiculous in a, you know, ho, 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 Merry Christmas jumper coming in, but it doesn't matter. I've been to Vegas 47 times, says Martin, in 20 years, Steve, and going back again in May. Try the Mandarin Oriental, lovely hotel, right on the strip near the Bellagio. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've stayed in a few of the hotels there. Done the Bellagio. I haven't done the Luxor. I've been there, though. Uh, just drove to Gatwick from deepest, darkest West Sussex. No snow, not a flake, says vegan pilot Pete. He says, bone dry, not even any frost on the car. Don't know the plant-based patty, it's a revolution. They can do all sorts of things, can't they, with sort of plants and change them in laboratories and do all sorts of things. It's in the papers today, you'll find it, so you'll probably find it online. Uh, brace yourself, says Neil, four inches by the weekend. He says, still no snow here in Chessington, but trust me, 
Brace yourself. We won't have it in London. We prob- I, We really won't. Also, it makes no difference. I've got a snow shovel. I've actually got a snow shovel. I bought it for a pound. Oh, I hate that person on the television at the moment. Ugh, creep. Sorry. <laughs> Every time I see somebody on the television, I go, oh, not her again. Dreadful. Uh, it's not snowing in Slough. Should do, though, shouldn't it? Uh, what have I missed? Who's got a radio show, says Jay? Uh, Roxanne Pallet. Actually, she's not the first one. We had Gemma Atkinson the other week, although she spent more time off it than she has actually on it. Roxanne Pallet, who's going to be doing a breakfast show, has already politely told us that she's not any good at getting up in the morning. She sleeps through alarms. Oh, well, then you won't last very long, will you, if you sleep through an alarm? That's not the, uh, not the best thing. Because pe- people just seem, seem to think that you sort of just wander in and sort of radio happens. You know, as opposed to... You know, there is there is crafting that goes on with it. Not necessarily on this programme, but I'm a freewheeling presenter. I literally am one of these people. I can sit down, give me a set of papers or a paper, and I could I could keep it going for as long as I wanted to. There's always something to talk about. There's always something you've got an opinion of. And the moment it's um it's this BBC star. She's not a star, she just sits there. She's not a, why do they call them stars? She's just a presenter. That doesn't make you a star. And this is uh, Steph McGovern. Presumably it's Stephanie, but Steph makes her look a bit more... Wearing a most peculiar outfit on the front of the Daily Mail, but that's not here. She's not complaining about that. She's she's complaining about the fact, because she's common, she gets paid less than posh women on the BBC who've been to private school, which is the biggest part of dross I've ever read in my entire life. She says she's a victim of class bias. Why don't you go work somewhere else, dear, if you don't like it? Stop mealy-mouthing the place. My God, you're more than happy to take the money every month, aren't you? More than happy to appear on the breakfast programme. Now you're complaining about it. What would be the complaint? I'm not earning as much money as other people. Well, go somewhere else. You know, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. I shouldn't imagine they'd be bothered. But this way, the programme's not going to suffer if you're not there. It's not going to make any difference at all, for goodness sake. Uh, homelessness coming under the, uh, the spotlight as politicians scramble to tackle the issue. The Mayor of Manchester, Andy Burnham, Pledged 15% of his £110,000 salary to cut rough sleeping, but it's risen 20% since May. Followed by Sadiq Khan. 8,000 people sleeping rough in the capital last year. How many times have they counted the same people? We see the same people. There's a woman who sleeps in the doorway of the Garrick Theatre. There was a bloke who had a little tent. There's some people. You know, I certainly don't see 8,000 people, but there you go. And um, Simon Dudley. Of, of Windsor Council was criticised last month after saying rough sleepers should be cleared from the town centre. Well, of course they should. Why would they not be? Windsor's a very posh place. The idea is that they have to sort out the problem. They could just say we're going to clear them out. You've got to find somewhere to put them. But a lot of these people, and believe it or believe it not, you can only go by the police figures, they don't want to go and live somewhere. They like living on the streets. Many of them, you know, have drink and drug problems. Last week, the council down in Windsor said they're going to fine homeless people 100 quid for antisocial behaviour. Because there is antisocial behaviour. I was sitting in... Where was I sitting? Um, uh, opposite the back of the Palladium. And I was sitting there having a cup of coffee with my friend. And there's a bloke there. He's got a blanket around his shoulders, wandering up and down, shouting abuse. Shouting abuse at people. You know, then going up to him, going, Aah! and you think... He's obviously got some mental health issues. He needs to be sorted out. But uh, officers say none in Ely. Uh, they're all begging, uh, but they're faking it. And uh, they know this. And they say, do not give people spare change, but buy, the, buy them food or a hot drink. They don't want that. They want money because that's what they're there for. They're there to make money out of it. And uh, they reckon homes will go around Ely for about 420 grand, which is, you know, 
sort of on, on a London par. Yesterday, beggars in the city insisted they were genuinely homeless. One man said he's been homeless for two years and camped in a tent, but claimed it had recently been removed by the council. He said he'd asked the council for support, but had been told he'd be better off in Cambridge. He said, if you don't want any homeless people here, you need to find somewhere for me to sleep. No, you've got to find it. You've got to find it. It's up to you to get off your bum and get out there and do something. He says, but I'm 100% homeless. Police have said no. Police have said no. And um, it's, you know, it's, it's just ridiculous, actually. The city's impressive cathedral goes back to 1083. They get 250,000 visitors. They've got a £30,000 a year boarding school, King's Ely, which was given a royal charter by Henry VIII. The council did not respond to comments on it. They don't want these people sitting there. Just collecting money. It's just, it, what are they going to do? Be sitting there when they're 60 or something like that? No. No, no, no. You know, I like the idea that Sadiq Khan has come up with this brilliant idea of rehoming all these people. In where? And who's going to look after the building? If you've got somebody who's on drugs, you're just going to put them into a building, are you? The chance of it burning down are going to increase tenfold. There's all sorts of problems. It's not just a problem that's going to go away. There's people who come in from other countries... And they, I mean, I see stealing on a regular basis. I watched somebody in Waitrose in Twickenham the other day. He just walked in, picked up a couple of papers, went and picked up some fruit, walked out the front door. Nothing. Nothing at all. Ridiculous. Uh, Steve, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. A Christmas song we can sing any time. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's very cold, it's very cold, it's very cold. Snowing in Leighton, half a mile away in Leightonstone, not a flake. Simon says, still walking the dog, it's now snowing lightly. No snow in Bushy says Bernie. Hopefully none as off to the woods to walk the dogs in an hour or so. I think dogs should learn how to walk themselves. I think definitely. I think what you do is you open the front door and you go, off you go, see, see in half an hour. And the dog goes, thank you, and goes off to chat to its friends. Because if you're a dog, it must be really cold on your little paws out there. Uh, is it a uh, question, says Andy, is it too early and cold for a Cornetto? Absolutely not. As long as it's just one Cornetto, give it to me. Delicious ice cream from... Italy. <laughs> Can't remember what the next line is. But uh, no, it's never too cold for ice cream. We're the only country that goes, you can only eat ice cream in the summer. And I go, no, eat it all the time. Eat it all the time. Uh, more on this uh, Steph McGovern. I bet she's not actually on the breakfast show this morning. If she is, I'm surprised nobody's phoned in and gone, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Absolute rubbish. She's, they put down what people are earning. You know, Martha Carney, 200 to 250,000, private school, Oxford University. But then I could probably go through this building and find out that lots of the presenters here had a private education. doesn't make any difference. They don't sort of gauge you on your, you know, because you're not posh. As I say, you're on the breakfast show. What are you moaning about? You're biting the hand that feeds, aren't you? Oh, dear, what a moaning Mary. Not good enough, is it? Not good enough, please. Uh, Steve, give to the very capable homeless charities who work with those sleeping rough if in doubt, says Harrick. Did you know the arms on benches are not there to rest your arms, they're there to stop the homeless? No, 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 we've had that done. That's what sorted out ages ago. That was down in Bournemouth. And uh, they've had them removed anyway. And that was to stop them sleeping there. No, we don't have that in London. It doesn't work, I promise you. Uh, can you speak millennial? Uh, the generation who can't remember life before mobiles are just not social media obsessed. They speak their own language from kitten fishing to adulting. So no, you won't understand any of it. Seriously, I mean, P is for fubbing. You ever heard of fubbing? Do you know what it is? I've never heard of fubbing, fubbing either. Apparently it's a way of, it's a hybrid of the word phone and snubbing. Or hey, stop being such a fub. <laughs> I've never even heard of that one. Uh, there's one here for M is for... Micro-cheating. Micro-cheating. 
This is uh, when you're in a relationship and you commit small, semi-inconsequential acts of flirtation. So you're micro-cheating. OK, yeah, you're like micro-cheating. Doesn't work, does it? L is for lols. Originally stood for laughing out loud, but it's still, since become a word in its own right. When somebody says something funny, lean back on your chair and exclaim, Oh, the lols. Who in goodness those names does things like that? Um, uh, R is for receipts. No, not the kind you get from the, from the checkout at Tesco. These are digital receipts. The online world is full of deception, so it's best to keep evidence known as receipts. And um, there's, there's another one. F. F is for quite a lot of things, actually. Feel. Uh, like feelings, but with so much more um, feeling. FOMO, too much social media can breed anxiety. FAM, a term of endearment for your closest BBF. That's bestest best friend. And um, you, you can have FBO, OMG. Are you FBO? Who are these people out there? Why can't people just have a normal conversation? You know, like, I'm Steve Allen. This is LBC, not LOL, which either can be laugh out loud or lots of love. In my case, it's it's it can be both, actually. But, you know, you know in the context of what you've written down. But these are the peculiar people. I mean, what is the matter with them? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. A friend of mine was driving uh, into London, actually, only a short while ago. And uh, he's just bumped into one of the... Well, he hasn't bumped into it quite clearly. That would be an accident. An electronic billboard on the A4. He said, I've just been greeted by a 20-foot-high James O'Brien looking earnest and focused. Has he got his headphones on? Is he sitting in the big studio downstairs? Probably is, actually. That's that. Mm. Let's go to a call. Let's do... Yeah, it's probably doing something like that. Um, what do you get for sitting on snow for too long? Polaroid, says Nick in Bagshot. Thank you. Actually, I'm, I'm, uh, yes, I was thinking... You know, we went inside the Arctic Circle to see Father Christmas. Stop it. Don't go there. Uh, a few years ago. And um, I thought it was a really simple life. I was I was commenting on it to somebody when we came back all those years ago. And, you know, people sat on blocks of ice, just covered with animal skins, uh, mainly reindeer, actually. And then if you wanted lights outside your house, you didn't have sort of like... They just sort of had a block of ice, which was sort of cut down beautifully, polished, so it reflected, cut a hole in the middle and put a night light in there, like a tea light. And that looked absolutely pretty. You saw that all the way through. It was absolutely lovely. Uh, Steve, I just wanted to let you know that Bodgers of Ilford closed its doors for the last time this Wednesday, or closes after 127 years. Check that, Bodgers, B-O-D-G-E-R-S of Ilford. Uh, I've heard you mention Ilford quite a few times. Yes, I have. My, uh, <laughs> my grandmother used to live there. She's buried in, uh, in the cemetery. And uh, we used to go to... Are they closing? Our store is to close for the final time. <gasps> 60 customers, 60 plus customers continue to receive the additional benefits of our over 60s club. And uh, so, uh, so that's it. Isn't it awful? I mean, uh, we used to, when I uh, lived in Berkshire some years ago, there was a store in my hometown uh, called Benyon's. And that closed down. It's now a coffee shop, as indeed everything is. Everywhere you go, it doesn't matter how far down into the country you go, there'd be a blasted coffee shop, which is okay if you like overpriced frothy milk. But. Benyon's was sort of an old-fashioned... It did material. You know, people could go in there and have a, a yard of material and stuff like that. The other shop was Camp Hobson, which just sort of spread out, and it survived. It was started by Mr Camp and a Mr Hobson. But Benyon's went, and when I went down there a short while ago, I went, oh, what a shame. I mean, it went years ago. And so Bodgers 
is going to close its doors after 127 years of, uh, of trading. Many of the staff have worked there for over 20 years. We're like a family. We shall miss each other, Steve. That uh, To hear you mention bodgers would mean a lot to us. I know exactly what it's like because I can go down to Camp Hobson where I used to sell carpets and soft furnishings. And still in there, there were a couple of me- <coughs> members of staff who were there when I was there. And if you work out that I was there at the age of 15, they've been there for like years. Years and years and 40 years, something like that. More than 40 years. 50 years. 50 years. But, it, but I loved it. I loved working in retail. But I appreciate the fact now that the high street is, is an ever-changing place. You don't have the big... That's why Woolworths went under. People don't go there. Unfortunately, people thieve. People steal from shops, and it's a big problem. In the West End, I should imagine, it's a nightmare here in London. You know, and eventually the shops close because they just can't afford to stay open. Their rents are so astronomical. The only people who can afford it are sort of the chains who don't pay very much tax. And that really, really annoys me. And so we don't end up with a high street. You know, many people, so all those staff in, in Bodgers who've been working there for ages and ages, it does become like a family. You know people. You go in the morning, morning. Mrs. Mrs. Cruitt, good morning. I used to know all the people in my... Of course I did. We all worked in the same place. We all went to the canteen and then you sort of get a bit more confident you eat out or something. My friend Dave Maskell and I used to work in the same department and we would go out and have Chinese restaurants. And I can always remember it because it was so... It was so significant to our time. £1.49 got you a three-course meal. Whether you could call it a meal, I don't know. In the, in the August moon. It was called... I remember when it opened. We'd never eaten Chinese before. And the starter, I think... With sweet, sweet and sour pork, you've got two pork balls, or you could have um, a pancake roll. And then the dessert, and then the main course was something like chicken chop suey. Uh, and then you got a dessert, which was probably light cheese, with I- ice cream was extra. pound forty nine that was. And I always remember the smell of it. I can take you, in my mind, I can take you into it. That's why you, you see people looking round now, a lot of elderly people. Saying, we were staying at this hotel yesterday, uh, the, uh, on Friday in Hackney, the Premier Inn. And there were lots of middle-aged people there. And I remember thinking, I wonder what they're doing here. It's Hackney. It's not, you know, is it famous for tourists or something like that? But they all seem to be sort of dressed up. Loads of people in shorts. Younger generation wearing shorts. It's freezing cold outside. You wait till you get out there. But I quite liked it. But it's interesting when you go into places and you remember it. We used to have a place in Newbury called Tumors. Tumors, you walked all the way through it. They sold lawnmowers and vacuum cleaners and garden implements. And you went all the way to the back down some stone stairs, and there was the record shop. And that's where you went to get... And they had the old booths, you know, where they go, oh, can I hear the latest Bachelor song? They go, booth three, and they <laughs> put the record on the turntable. You'd stand in booth three and listen to the Bachelors. That was how it was. And so you can understand how a lot of elderly people, you know, go, God, it was all different. Because they, they've known London for all these years. You know, they knew what London was like. Then it got bombed, and, you know, the East End got hit more than... More than most places in town, and it was a bomb site. People played on bomb sites. That's why people say, you know, the best people to talk about an area are the people who've lived there all their life. They're the ones who know it. They're the ones who understand it in London, and it's lovely. What was my sales technique like? Good. Good. Not one of these today. You, you get the salespeople, and they stand there, and you have to go, excuse me, is anybody serving? Hello? 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 You know, we were taught, somebody would, would come into our department, they'd either come in via, you know, all the clothing and everything else, or they'd come in through the furniture department, and they'd end up in the carpet department. And you'd see, if, if they went to start looking at samples, then you would slowly sidle in, 
And, and the technique was always, always, good morning, sir, madam, um, looking for something in particular. And we were supposed to know what we were talking about. I mean, half the time I was very good at bluffing. I mean, I knew what, what carpets there were. I knew what heavy domestic was, light domestic. You know, I knew what medium domestic was. I knew 80-20 wool mix and uh, with nylon to make it harder. So I knew all about these sort of things. And then if you had... I didn't do any of the measuring. I couldn't do measuring or pattern repeats. Because when you're working out, if it's a pattern carpet, you'd have to work out the pattern repeat, which could be 24 inches or something like that. But I could, I could cut vinyl flooring. I could sew rush mats. I could do all sorts of things. But we were always taught... Go talk to the customer. And even if, they, even if they go, no, we're all right. You go, is there something in particular I can point you in the right direction of? So, in, in other words, you were convincing them. And sometimes we used to tell porky pies. They, they'd go, oh, the, the, this, this is quite nice. And i go, well, actually, it is nice, but this one's better. We've got a much, much better bedroom carpet, which in those days worked out at two quid a square yard, I think, which was cheap. And it came in violent, disgusting orange, blue, green and yellow. Ugh, why you'd ever want things like that? But the most favourite material, you've got to be over a certain age to know this one, favourite material when I sold material, Moiga Shell. Moiga Shell was the most popular kitchen curtain material and people over a certain age would be going, I haven't heard that word in years. You've heard it this morning. It's uh, coming up three minutes to six. If you need to get up to go to work, I'd, I'd do it now. Actually, now would be a good time. Now would be a very good time. Uh, the millennials have warned they will be the fattest on record, but if you eat your greens... You cut depression. I had greens yesterday, actually. Sprouts. I ate a whole packet of baby sprouts. Is that okay? I don't know if that's all right for me now. I keep thinking every so often. If I eat something that I think is healthy, it it sort of counters out and cancels out all the things which are not healthy. I was so desperate the other day. I nearly bought, but I didn't didn't have it over the weekend. I just fancied a cream horn. I just had a, an upset. I thought, I'll go a cream horn or I'll go a cream, cream slices. And I didn't have either of them. And, you know, after a while, the, uh, the craving went. But a friend of mine, she lives down in Brighton. She's had the lurgy. She calls it the lurgy. She's had this awful... And she just feels terrible at the moment. So yesterday she was not having a good day. And she's got work to do. She's got to go out there and sort of find people with money to invest. And, you know, difficult. You know, everybody's fighting for everybody's little bit of action. So when we hear that Bodger's is going to close in Ilford. When I went there, it was a completely different place to what it is now. Seriously, in my day, you'd never have seen fruit and veg shops, which were open practically 24 hours a day. You go through Shepherd's Bush, you know, and there's 24-hour fruit and veg shops there. People, you know, you, you get uh, food shops selling chicken or, you know, all sorts of things like that, or um, the potatoes and in Spadulike. They have places like that there. And they're open to like 2, 3 in the morning. And you can't, you can't really believe it, can you? That's why there's people on the streets. It's because there's places open till very late. And if people are on the streets, then, you know, they might be committing things that they shouldn't have been. Uh, the sad news over the weekend was that we lost the actress Emma Chambers. You'll know her from Vicar of Dibley. You'll know her from uh, Notting Hill. She was just lovely. She was only 53. Uh, they said there was no suspicious circumstances. She died of natural causes. So I'm assuming her heart just gave up and at 53 and the tributes have been pouring in over the weekend uh, from Dawn French's and you know people like that who work with her and said she was just absolutely brilliant she was lovely everybody liked her she was a nice person and that's all you can hope isn't it you just think to yourself I hope she's sitting on a cloud and she's enjoying the plaudits that are coming in from people because I thought she was great I thought she was a lovely lovely little character and uh, and it worked very very well uh, memo reveals Mr Green asked the bankers to help sell Topshop. Interesting, a friend of mine came down from uh, Manchester the other day. What did he want to buy? 
a belt. I said, well, go to Top Man. It'll be about the cheapest place to buy a belt. You don't need to sort of... He was going to go to, like, Ted Baker's and buy a belt that costs, like, an arm and a leg. Ridiculous. Uh, right. Uh, what have we got today? Oh, interesting, actually. Somebody here, the attitude to older women are changing. Fired at 43 for being too old. Rehired at 63 by a new female boss. So there you go. Because I think sometimes we underestimate slightly older people. I think sometimes we think, oh, they're not very good. McDonald's went through a phase of hiring older people. And I think one of the DIY chains used to hire older people because they've got more time to spend. I mean, I don't want to go into Waitrose and be sort of confronted by somebody chatting away on the till. I want to kind of get through that. But if you're actually looking for something in particular, don't get them pointing me to an aisle. I want them to take me there and show me where it is. And that's called salesmanship. And that's what we do on this programme. I'm selling you Steve Allen between now and seven, Monday through Friday. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome to Monday. I know, awful, isn't it? You turn on the radio and there's some cheerful little soul going, welcome to Monday, and you're thinking, I feel dreadful. I don't want to go. It's very cold. You know, the heating never came on. Is it working? Go have a shower. Get yourself ready. Put some clothes on. Once you put the clothes on, you'll be fine. Once you've had a hot drink, you will be fine. And, uh... Uh, once I've told you about the weather, about 20 minutes' time, I'll get an expert on and we'll find out, you know, are we really going to have snow or is this just a bit of a pipe dream? Is it really wandering in from Russia? How bad is it going to be? Is it as bad as some of the papers say people are going to die? I mean, obviously, people die at any time of the year, whether they can prove people died as a result of it being cold. But it is cold this morning. I'm just telling you, if you're coming in from out of town, you know, into London, you will notice it's chillier. It's, it's not chillier so that you go, oh, it hurts to breathe. It's not, it's not cold like that. And it's also, it's doable. They've said it could be, but I don't believe them at the moment. Um, wind chill factor down to about minus 10 to minus 15, you know, if it happens. Certain parts of the country, it might be like that. Certain parts of the country get snow and London gets left behind. But we'll bring you up to date with an expert in about 20 minutes' time, OK? So uh, make sure you've taken the radio with you. Uh, Steve, uh, we used to call the bomb sites debris. In the East End, speaking of phrases like Ilford, places like Ilford, Steve, it's really hard to find a decent pie and mash shop. Got a plenty of liquor and only chilli vinegar, says Scott the cabbie. Ah, right. Uh, my friend Stuart Manning, who's out in, uh, in Hartford, he said, it's snowing. Not heavy, but it is snowing. You got a picture? Send me a picture. I'd like to see a picture of snow. Normally I get a picture from... Uh, from, from some friends of mine who show me what it's like in their garden, which once it's... But I'm, I'm, I'm th- I don't think it's as, as bad as it can be. I mean, I, I think when, when people said, oh, don't worry, Monday, it's going to snow, I think you were expecting literally just to be deluged in the stuff, but so far, not. My big treat, says Eddie, was to queue for the top-of-the-shop restaurant in Selfridges. I was dressed up with jacket and bow tie. Mum and Dad made sure we were children seen and not heard, but I loved it. Loved it. Um... A lot of people were talking about that. I'm glad that uh, we can sort of jog your memory on odd occasions. Uh, another one here, which says, uh, Simon from Sutton scratches his head as he asks, if council seek to find a homeless person, what address would the fine be sent to? Well, I think it'll just be an instant fine. Do you know what I mean? They'll, they'll sort of come along and say, you know, like if, if you're stopped in the car and, you know, the, the police can give you an on-the-spot fine. Uh, Rob says, I was approached by a female beggar who asked me for some spare change at Liverpool Street. I mean, it, it, why do people say, have you got any spare change? Of course I haven't got any spare change. That's ridiculous. Have I got any extra change that I didn't have before? No. Have you got any change? Yes. Can I have some? No. 
But it's spare change, isn't it? It's like, have you got a spare cigarette? Well, I don't know. I bought a packet of 20. And one, two, three, four, No, there are 20 in there, so there's not a spare cigarette. And then people say, oh, can I buy a cigarette from you? I go, yeah, £2. You know, the price they are nowadays. So, uh, so that's why. Uh, she then advised me that there was a cash machine around the corner. Because I said, I've only got a debit card. I told her to get lost and do one. <laughs> it's a bit rough, wasn't it? Do one? Goodness sake. But the trouble is, you do get people who are very good at begging. Obviously, Ely is the easy place for a soft touch. So, so you've got some, And they always talk in a strange way. You've got some, some spare change. You think, why can't you talk normally? Talk normally. But anyway, they're, uh, they're not homeless. They're not homeless. Uh, please say a good morning uh, to my amazing nephew, Sheridan says uh, Auntie Yvonne, now in Welsh where she says, I was born in Ilford and grew up with uh, Fairheads, Bodgers and West. These stores were a bit like, are you being served? Bodgers, the last store of my childhood to close. Yeah, this coming week it closes. It is, it is a little bit like, are you being served? That is, you know, they, they don't exist, those places anymore. They really don't. They, they just get pushed out because it's coffee shops. And uh, what else takes over the high street? Oh, shops that sell all manner of rubbish, but not... Yeah, you get Italian restaurants, loads of Italian restaurants. Why is it we're obsessed with Italian food? Huge profits, huge profits in Italian food. Cover it all with a sauce. Cover it all with a sauce. Meatballs, easy. Yeah, I do like meatballs, actually. But it's, it's true, isn't it, that we don't have those are-you-being-served shops, you know. And there were people like Mr Humphreys. There would be a Mrs Slocum. We had one in our, uh, in our branch of Camp Hobson down in Newbury. And she was called Miss, Mrs Dacus. And she was so uh, terribly, terribly polite to everybody. And uh, she ran the makeup department. And we were all in fear of her because she always looked immaculate. She probably lived in a bedsit. That was the whole thing about people who worked in shops. Nobody had any money because they didn't pay anything. You know, I was on £5.19 and six a week. This gives you a rough idea how long ago it was. So, um, born in Ilford, I always talk about the Ajax shop in Ilford. There was a big electronic sign in red, or orange, I think it was, Ajax, and it was Ajax Sports. Victoria Park had a little railway that ran round it, but there was no cars. You could cross the road quite safely. There wouldn't be a car for miles. Nowadays, you can barely move. Barely move. Here in Sweden, Steve, we eat a lot of ice cream, and I mean a lot all year round. It has its advantage at this time of year, as it says, nice and cold. It's minus nine here in Gothenburg. Have a great day and stay warm. I, I always say to everybody, have a, have a good day. Even if, it's, even if it's, you know, Monday, you can still have a good day. I know you don't like it. I know you don't like it. Uh, great advice, Steve. The strawberry cornetto went down a treat. If you could have a mouthful right now, what flavour would it be? I'm not an ice cream sort of person, Andy. I don't... Um, I've eaten ice cream, but I'm not... You know, if I had a load of it in the fridge, probably be lollies, but only on a hot day. I've had ice cream before. I'd like it. I quite like it on Christmas pudding, actually. So not too long to wait for that. 302 days. And uh, I fancy trying a smoked haddock chowder. Where do you get yours from, says Alan? Well, they do a very good one in uh, in Marks and Spencer's. I can only tell you that one because that's the only one I've ever eaten. And, uh, and I bought a load of them. Steve has promised updates on the snow in Norwich. I'm 16 miles away and not a speck. Says Charlie. Trying to snow in Chertsey. The odd flake, but it is snow, says Bob. And Twickenham, no snow. Nice and cold. Thank you for making me smile, says Monica. And uh, and Davis says the police don't issue on-the-spot fines. Uh, no, they issue warnings. They do in other countries. It's quite normal to have an on-the-spot on uh, fine. Uh, Steve, when asked if he had any spare change, a friend of mine said, no, not till I'm dead. Thank you, Kevin, very much indeed. Snowing lightly in Thorpe. 
Uh, I'm heading to Tesco to stock up before we get snowed in, says Rob the coach driver. <laughs> before we get snowed. That's what people used to do years ago. They say, I remember we used to have people stocking up on um, things like sugar and stuff like that because somebody inadvisedly on the radio probably put out the fact that there might be a shortage of sugar. So people went into a panic. It's like the KFC rubbish, isn't it? You know, we're, I'm sorry, we don't have much chicken. Why? Because you're incompetent, that's why. That's the only reason I can think of. You know, we haven't finished building the centre. The computers don't work and they don't know how to do it. Should have left it with the last people. Uh, relaxing hot shower, says Terry. And a beautiful piping hot bowl of porridge to warm my insides. And off to Pearson's in Enfield town. I've, I've done a, a gig at Pearson's many, many years ago. Many, many years ago. And uh, it was very good, actually. I like all the people who used to work in the, the button department. They'd have all sorts of buttons, and people used to make that. And the patterns. You could make your own clothes. A lot of that going on, actually. <laughs> friend of mine is, um, is off out with the dog before the beast from the east arrives. So, uh, Russell, I'm sure it's nice and cold out there this morning. Front page of the, uh, of the Express, the snow chaos to cripple Britain. They say minus 15 degrees. That's drama queens. Uh, will affect travel, power, and could even disrupt mobile phone signals. They were doing that the other week, saying it's so cold your phone could freeze. Well, keep it in your inside pocket where it's warm. Who walks around holding their phone, apart from these idiots I've seen, holding their phone in their hand where they're connected to an earpiece? I understand that one. Uh, now Dame Joan Collins can save your marriage. Um, the secret of married bliss. A younger man and two bathrooms, says Joan. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, if, preferably separate bedrooms. That's why it works for the uh, for the Queen, doesn't it? Separate bedrooms, definitely. Uh, also, 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 they're saying uh, alarm at the return of a thousand jihadi brides as ISIS faces collapse. We don't want them back. Why have we got them back? We don't want these people back here. Good God, no, thank you very, not very much indeed. We don't want them here. Uh, Farage wants job linking up with friendly Trump. He just wants a job, doesn't he, really? He obviously likes sort of doing what he, uh, what he does. Uh, also, the army are on standby as the beast from the east. This is the snow and all the rest of it. Targets Britain. What were they going to do? What are they going to do? Sweep away the snow from people's doorsteps? Yeah. I mean, as fast as it's here, it will disappear. I promise you. I'm never wrong on these things. But if I am wrong, I'll have to apologise uh, in advance. There's a reckless cabbie here. He used a coffee cup lid as a fuel cap. He's had his licence suspended. Oh, blimey. Years ago, people had all sorts of things on their fuel cap. But anyway, Safety Chief says diesel was seeping through the Costa lid, endangering other motorists, especially motorcycles. He was stopped in January by safety checks carried out by Sandwell Council, West Midlands Police and the Driver and Vehicle Standards Agency. The driver's hackney carriage licence was suspended for 24 weeks because he also had uh, close uh, to the legal limit tyres, defe defective headlight and everything else. So basically he was an idiot. The DVSA inspector who carried out the check says the clear conscious decision to fit the lid to the fuel filler neck was inexcusable, uh, adding he was shocked at the level of non-compliance and blatant disregard to road safety. Good Lord above. Mind you, we used to see years ago, when we had road fund licences, or as I used to call it, the tax disc, uh, people used to use, years ago, Guinness labels. They'd cut them off the bottle and put it in there because at quick glance you'd think it was the road fund licence. Now, of course, the less people are driving around with road fund licences. Luckily, the police are well equipped 
with their um, little number plate recognition, which will tell them if you've got a tax disc and if your car is MOT'd. Uh, it can also tell them if you've got insurance as well on that vehicle. So that's why more and more people get stopped. More and more people get turned into television programmes. They're always surprised that the police know that they don't have insurance. They say, sorry, do you have a driving licence? Yes. Well, what, what sort of driving licence? Um, provisional? Well, you're not supposed to be driving, are you? I take the car away immediately. I told you after the story we had at the beginning of the programme about the police stopping a car driven by a 13-year-old boy with his mother in the back, the biggest idiot in the entire world, together with the father of the child who was sitting on the mother's lap. Ridiculous, isn't it? After the news and travel, I'll be joined by the WeatherQuest forecaster, Adam Dury. He'll be telling you all you need to know about the beast from the east. Why can't we just call it? Snow news or something. The beast from the... Who's named it that? The beast from the... See, it's for me, the east is China. Something like that. But it's, not, it's not coming in, is it? It's coming in from Siberia. Will it reach here? Will it be as bad as we think it is? We'll find out when we have a chat to Adam in a moment. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. 6.20. Steve Allen with you till 7 this chilly Monday morning. Have we overestimated? Have we over-egged the pudding as the beast from the east, which either sounds like a male stripper or most of you seem to think it's your wife? And uh, have we overestimated? You know, will there be damage? Will there be carnage? Are we going to be drenched in white, fluffy stuff that looks nice to start with and then turns into a nightmare? Well, let's talk to an expert, shall we? Let's go down to WeatherQuest. Adam Jury, good morning. Morning, Steve. So, I mean, you know, all, all the papers have got the warnings. They're saying people could die, but then people die in cold weather anyway. I'm just curious yep. about the fact that, I mean, are, are we becoming too overprotective about this or is it really going to be this bad? Um, I'd say in some places it will be fairly bad. Um, sort of obviously the Met Office, and I'd so, I follow the Met Office warnings. Um, really, they are, they are the, the, the National Met Organisation. They are the national warnings. Um, there is going to be certain places that could quite easily get, as they, as they mentioned in the warnings, 10 to sort of 15 centimetres quite widely um, by Tuesday and into Wednesday. So I think that there's definitely potential that that would cause disruption and sort of quite a covering on, on any surfaces, basically. Um, that's mainly in Essex and um, sort of Suffolk area, but then all, all the way up um, sort of the northeastern coast of England and sort of eastern Scotland um, is likely to get that, that amount as well. Um, so I think it's just the, the places it will hit that is going to be the um, sort of main sort of problem areas. Just the fact that it's quite sort of large areas or sort of bigger cities, and as well, really London could quite easily get sort of five, five, six centimetres quite, quite widely. So um, yeah, that's that's even the centre of London. So I think it's just the areas that it's hitting now, um, rather than it's not really hit hit that that them areas for for quite a while. Mm. And whereabouts is it, is it coming from? It's coming from Siberia, is it? It's, that's the main air source, yes, um, but it's sort of gradually picking up moisture uh, from the Baltic Sea and then once it gets over the North Sea, um, and it's just that air mass from Siberia. It's just then picking up the moisture, and that's what's causing the snow showers, basically. Right, so it, it isn't actually picking up the... <laughs> you have to explain this to me, I'm a bit simple. It isn't actually picking up snow from Siberia and sort of carrying it, carrying it, carrying it. It, it actually comes over as, as water, does it? So it's sort of the, the, the cold air aloft, basically, that's, that's causing um, the snow showers. So once you um, it's sort of the, the, the air mass gets modified. So if you sort of imagine um, sort of just getting sort of a, um, I guess, sort of a, a bit of air and then um, sort of if you move it over a surface, um, evaporation takes place. 
and that basically water evaporates from the sea and then just gets in, engulfed into the air mass. It doesn't go quite all the way up through it. It sort of stays mm. at the very lower levels. Um, so it just keeps on getting more and more, more moist. So basically, once it gets to a certain stage, it will just um, form clouds, form showers, and then um, fall out with snow. Right. And then, so that's just for this week. Does it carry on over the weekend into next week, or is it finished? Uh, it's looking like... After a sort of fairly big snow event on Friday, um, coming up from the south, and yes, it does look like we do get milder temperatures in for Saturday and into Sunday. Um, so it will depend on how many how much snow we get on sort of during the week as to how cold it'll actually be at the surface. But um, yeah, looking like it'll warm up a touch over the weekend, um, but then might actually then turn a little bit cooler next week as well. Mm. So um, it's sort of a brief break over the weekend, sort of back into slightly warmer temperatures before. Then it's looking like to get cooler again. Um, the middle of next week. Why is it that we can't cope with it? Every time we get a bit of a light dusting of snow, the entire country goes into meltdown. The trains can't run, the buses can't run, you can't go outside because you might fall over. And you think, wait a minute, if, if you go to Russia or Norway or Sweden yeah. or inside the Arctic Circle, which I've been to Kittela, they deal with this for six months of the year and they seem to manage. Yeah, I, I, I'm not quite sure what it is for us in Britain. I think it's just uh, We're useless. how we sort of deal with things in Britain. Yeah, <laughs> we're just rubbish at this. We just can't do it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there are nope. several train companies in the southeast of the country are saying don't travel yeah. this evening. Yeah, I think there's. It's just sort of I don't know how how they're going to run the train services or what sort of how they're going to um, sort of there's got to be some 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 sort of contingency plans in place. Um, mm. I think it would just be a um, sort of a, a, lo- a lower service rather than sort of all cancelled. Um, Isn't but, it mad? Yeah, it's just, it's, it's so all, mad. It's all on the, how the train companies can can run things and. Yeah. Um, I think it's just the design of how we've designed things. It's not really designed for um, sort of snow. We're not, we're not designed snow. for anything, Adam. I mean, every time it gets too hot, they go, oh, it's way too hot for the buses. The, the, you know, the, the, the roads are melting yeah. or the lines are getting all kinked. And you think, this is just balmy. I've been to the middle of the desert when I've been to Vegas. There they are in the middle yeah. of the desert. And they manage to have constant hot running water and cold water and plants and lawns and everything. Come over here. Oh, no, drought, drought. <laughs> the reservoirs have given up completely. Yeah. Mad, isn't it, yeah, really? I think, I think it's just, we just need to just, just prepare for it, I think. Yeah. So, so just, just reaffirm me again. We're, we're going to get snow in London on what day, do you think? It would be mainly for tomorrow. Um, yeah. You're really going to start to see a, a bit of feed through today, um, and then it's going to sort of get get worse through Tuesday and into Wednesday. Sort of more frequent snow showers and heavier snow showers coming in from the northeast. Right. Um, a drier day for Thursday, and then potential for another sort of um, covering on sometime during Friday morning. Even though it's a long way ahead, um, uh-huh. before it then turns milder then over the weekend. Right. And, it, and you think about five centimeters. Um, could quite easily see five centimetres. I think some places could quite easily get more than that. Um, I think yeah. sort of maybe five centimetres by Wednesday. Um, is that actually less than an inch? Quite... I've got no idea. I'll have to ask the producer what five uh, centimetres looks that like. Is, yeah, that's just just less than an inch, I think. I think it's six, seven centimetres in an inch. Oh, I uh, think Something you... like that, yeah. No idea. So, yeah, I think it's probably sort of about an inch or just, just below an inch. Uh, right. Roughly, roughly like that. But, um, uh... but yeah, sort of. Some, some places to the east, sort of in, in Essex, um, sort of not too far away from the centre of London, could quite easily get sort of 10 to 15 centimetres yeah. um, by the end of tomorrow. So um, never mind sort of an additional five or six centimetres on on, two, on Wednesday. So, yeah. Um, yeah, could quite easily see near 20 centimetres by, by oh, Wednesday God evening. God in heaven, are we going to drown? There'll be nobody <laughs> alive. It'll be like Armageddon. Um, 
that that's the thing. I think when when once we get the warmer temperatures on uh, on sort of the end of Friday into Saturday, then I think it could actually then cause a flood risk potentially yeah. oh, uh, with oh. sort of that amount of snow maybe on the ground and then oh. further rain over the weekend. Then oh. yeah, it's going to be what watch out for uh, or sort of keep an eye out on the weather really yeah. um, for any sort of flood risk as well. Well, I was I was just checking actually. Twenty centimeters is seven inches, so that's what we've got to look out for. I think. Yeah. To yeah. worry about it. Oh, well, just something else to worry about, isn't it, really? I think I might yeah. as well just stay we, we in are, we, we are worriers in, in England and Britain. Well, we have to. What else have we got to talk about? <laughs> Nothing true. else to talk about, Adam. Nice to talk to you this morning. Thank you. No worries. Take Cheers. care. Adam Jury, and he's from WeatherQuest. So now you know, 20 because I didn't know, 20 centimetres is seven, about seven inches. Oh, we don't want that. We just want a light dusting. I don't mind a light, actually even a light dusting. I'm not too keen about because you know if it's if it's if it's a lot of snow, then at least you can see where you're going and you just follow other people's footprints. But I mean, if it's a light dusting, there's more chance of me falling over. And you know me for falling over. It's not exactly one of my uh, favourite occupations. Snowing in Hearn Bay, Steve. Snowing in Hearn Bay. Uh, woke up with a uh, a spot on my tongue, and I'm racking my brain trying to recall when I told a lie. But I'm going to Malta, says Deanna. Hope the snow won't cause problems. I'll listen to your daily podcasts, uh, albeit they really play hell with my data usage. Don't worry about these things. Listen, a small price to pay. Talking about department stores, is Bentles still in Kingston? Yes, not owned by the Bentles family anymore. It's been split up into lots of little little companies, I think. Lived in Shepparton at one time, says uh, Steph. But this is not the Teesside McGovern one. Not her writing to me this morning, goodness sake. I'm obviously far too posh for her. And uh, it was the place to go at Christmas, Bentles. The friend's four-year-old son pulled the huge decorated tree over one year, caused chaos. Maybe he moved on to halogen ovens. <laughs> I bought um, a dream tree in Bentles. You won't know what it is. But it's a metal tree, all twisted wires, and at the end of each branch, and it's quite big, this thing, uh, there's a little gold petal, and they... They're, they're suspended, so they sort of they, they move in the breeze, which is lovely. Uh, Stephen Isworth says, thank you for cheering me up this week. Bad start to the week. Went out to the van, found it had been broken into. Hate the feeling my vehicle had been violated by some despicable tow rag. I know, you obviously don't have a, uh, a car alarm. Uh, how was your weekend? Did you get drunk? No, not really, actually, Dave. I didn't. Um, just had a, a, nice, a nice evening. Very nice evening. Nice company. Nice evening. And uh, somebody says, heard of the replacement for beer belly? Prosecco belly. Not with the dry stuff. Not with the dry stuff. The dry stuff I'm, uh, I'm drinking at the moment is delicious. Absolutely delicious. And uh, somebody else says, my dog's just came from the garden with snow on him. So I guess it's snowing in Cheam. Well, there you go. But uh, tomorrow, really, for London. Tomorrow, he said, for London. And then Friday, we could have some more of it. So just wrap up. OK, just wrap up. Just remember, can't wait to see how it's going to cope uh, for you know, people cycling. So two inches is five centimetres. Can, can you stop telling us now? I know what two inches looks like. Thank you very much indeed. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. With Nick Ferrari at breakfast just after the news at seven this morning, jihadi brides who've returned from Syria are being de-radicalised at taxpayers' expense. But should they be allowed to return in the first place? Theresa May's former second-in-command, Damien Green wants to make the over-40s pay hundreds of pounds more each year in tax in order to fund the social care system. How should we pay to care for the elderly? Plus, the former Northern Ireland secretary who had to quit the Cabinet last month when he was diagnosed with lung cancer will join Nick live in the studio. James Brokenshire will explain some of the signs which those who may have the illness should be looking out for. All of that and more with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning from 7 
here on LBC. Uh, 24 minutes to seven is the time. I don't know, I mentioned the jihadi brides earlier on. I think the answer is I don't know why they were let back in. In fact, a number of you have raised the... Uh, have raised the uh, the questions on who's, who's rubber-stamped them coming back into the country. Can they really be trusted? And, you know, are they really going to be radicalised or re-radicalised, de-radicalised? I don't know how that, that works, actually. It's been done by doctors, apparently. Very strange, isn't it? Atkinson's department store in Sheffield, still family-owned and celebrating 146 years this year, says Stephen Sheffield. No snow yet. Uh, Julie said, just opened the curtains, and it's certainly been snowing here in Skeggy. That's Skegness. Looks fab for now, yep. And Simon says, Saturday night takeaway was excellent over the weekend, particularly the end feature with Kylie Minogue. So good, we rewound and watched again. Ant and Deck with their usual brilliant selves. Well, they could do the programme with their eyes shut. I've said before, everybody's said exactly the same. That uh, programme is a combination of loads of other programmes over the years. With Candid Camera, with Game for a Laugh, the two Ronnies. They've just taken the bits from each one that they wanted to use. So it's easy for them. Very, very easy. You know, some of the bits you watch back on YouTube, it, it's quite inspired, but it's been done before. You know, their, their sing-alongs and everything else. The two Ronnies were doing that, you know, 40 years ago. So nothing new. Uh, however, when there was a close-up of Ant's face, his eyes had no sparkle and he looked a little bit pale, but he remained professional and was funny to the end. Hope he's OK. Yes, that's what some of the critics have said, that he's, he seems to have lost his sparkle. And I did point out that he has been through the mill and backwards. Yeah, oh, look, snow on the television. Just one or two flakes of snow coming down. That's how it starts, isn't it? One or two flakes of snow. This is in uh, Leicester, where they've got a little bit of snow, where they had that explosion earlier on. Uh, Steve, does it, does it depress you when celebs you speak to are telling porkies, but you can't expose them? Um, not really, no. No, I don't. Uh, no, I don't think. No, never think about anything like that. I don't, I don't talk to celebs who tell me porkies. I don't, don't know if you're thinking of anything in particular, but no, it's never never bothered me. Strawberry and Prosecco jam is rather nice. Sad to hear Bodgers is closing, says Jill in Glasgow. My mum used to spend hours in there and fairheads with me, dragging behind her when I was a small child back in the early 70s. The one thing that they used to have, and they've got it in Costco, is how to transfer the money into their accounts department. So in case anybody comes in and tries to rob them, it doesn't happen because the money goes in. It's an air compression thing. And uh, some of the shops used to have little railways that ran round and you'd put the money in a little thing and then you'd send it off on its way and it would go round the shop. Now, Costco put it in the thing, it goes and it just shoots up to another bit of the building. It's compressed air that sends it round. But in my day, in Benyon's, it was uh, it was a lovely thing, lovely thing to watch because you you just only appreciate stuff, don't you, when it's gone. You know, courtesy. <laughs> That's something that we all appreciate, but it, uh, it seems to have vanished, I'm afraid, at the moment. Front pages of the papers, the Daily Mail. Liz Earle has, says uh, he's helping you how to sail through the menopause. And so that'll, see, men know nothing about the menopause. We know, don't know what on earth it is. We have no idea. Just that people go through it. Corbyn's Brexit betrayal. He'll snub millions of Labour voters by refusing to limit migration and kill off dreams of striking over our own trade deals. Uh, the woman who makes all the papers today is Steph McGovern. She's claiming she's the victim of class bias. I'm waiting for somebody to say on the BBC Breakfast this morning before they sort of do some of their dreary things. Because nobody nobody's got a comment. Strange that, isn't it? She did an interview one of the papers saying it's because she's common that she's not earning as much. It's got nothing to do with that. It absolutely has nothing to do with it. It has to do with how good you are. But, I mean, you're presenting on the breakfast, but what more do you want, for God's sake? Well, you think you should be running the place or something, or you should be getting more money? I bet you're getting more money than Charlie State. You know, I'd like to see Charlie State retaliate, but he's too nice. I'd be saying, you know, two of you sitting there, what was all this class thing you're on about? And then let her exp- watch her squirm on television. 
It's ridiculous they don't do it. It's like the weather woman. Who is the weather woman on the BBC programme? Carol, Carol Kirkwood. How old are you? That's what you'd be asking, wouldn't it, really? <laughs> Log fire, lit heating in full. Our little lane, says Neil, doesn't get gritted. It's been known to get cut off. It's the, is the Bentley four-wheel drive. Do you know, the strange thing is, somebody asked me that the other day, and I have no idea. I've not got a clue. You're asking the wrong person. The wrong person. He said, but I do have. He said, I might need an emergency food drop with your snow shovels at the ready. Seriously, anybody that needs to drive, he says, be careful. Oh, I know. I know, because the worst thing is that there are people probably driving in this country and they've never driven on snow before or even seen it. We have a lot of that. I told you before, I've had, I've had drivers who've not known about driving in the snow. It's very slippery. Uh, Michael says, I love the snow. Used to go skiing, but being a motorcycle courier, if it snows, I'll be unable to work. Not good news. And uh, I'd like to report it's gently snowflaking in Hemel Hempstead. Also, I'm somewhat worried, as I've told you before, I booked a cruise on the Titanic, yet I hear there is a Titanic museum in Vegas. Should I be concerned? Oh, you must go to it. It's lovely, actually. It's really good. I mean, it's very well done. They've got a piece of, a piece of the actual ship. It's called the Big Piece. What happened was they, they took a piece up, got to the surface, the wires holding it snapped, and it went all the way back down again. So they had to go back down and pick it up again. But it's, it's a piece of the ship. And they've got cutlery and bedding and all sorts of things. When you go in there, they give you a card. I've told you before, they give you a card, and that was a real passenger. And at the end, you can check it on the list and see whether you lived or whether you died. It sounds a bit uh, a bit ghoulish, but it's not really, because it's, uh, it's just so real. Uh, incidentally, all this cold weather, you think, oh, that'll be good. It'll kill off all the garden bugs. Now, it's going to be a bumper year for slugs. Bumper year for slugs. Not on my patch, they're not. <laughs> And uh, do you remember Grant's in Croydon? That was run by relatives of mine. I still have a bookshelf, says James. No, I remember there was some place in Croydon. Was it Croydon? Yeah, that I went to. I used to do um, a quiz for them at Christmas, which was lovely. Uh, the snow has started in Camden, says Andy. Seems to slowly be getting heavier, hoping it will stop very soon. I don't know if it will, actually. I don't think it's going to stop today. I think tomorrow you'll, you'll mainly have it. So if it starts a little bit today, don't, don't worry about it. Um... I've got some news on that Leicester explosion, which I'll give you in one second. And, uh, and somebody says here, a friend of uh, just texted me and said he saw a guy in Asda with a trolley with multiple items where he asked, are you having a party? He said, no, I'm stacking up, stocking up for the storm. Panic buying, Jace. Last thing we need. Uh, so news coming in. Remember that explosion in Leicester earlier on? People saying, is it terrorist related? The answer is no, not terrorist related. But key, police have now confirmed that. Four people have died and four others are in hospital. That's regarding that explosion in the building. The roads are all sealed off around the area, as you know, up there, because uh, we gave you a full report earlier on. So four people have died. Four others are in hospital. Any change on that? You'll hear it first on LBC. Uh, the city where the police warn every beggar is faking it. Don't give them money. They say do not give these people money and then maybe they'll disappear to somewhere else where they'll be begging and people give them money. It's very lucrative. Very, very lucrative to be a beggar nowadays. Don't think it isn't. Really, don't think it isn't. Uh, stay indoors warning as the killer freeze hits. Well, no intention of staying indoors. Nothing will keep me indoors. Just go and buy a thicker shirt. Put a vest on. It's very easy. Uh, the Daily Star are telling you about the snow because they love a good weather story. And uh, inside, the two things that spiced up Jerry's life. Colour of the world. Spice up your life. And it was meeting Nelson Mandela. And I think she pinched his bottom, or was that Prince Charles? She certainly did something a bit naughty. And having a pasty. It doesn't look as though she's uh, eaten at all, does it, really? I mean, she's thin as a rake. 
that uh, Frank Spencer could make a return to TV at the age of 76. Michael Crawford said he was up for bringing back Some Mothers Do Have Them. But the actor, famous for, for doing his own stunts and for his catchphrase, I've had a bit of trouble, Betty. That's one of my better impressions, incidentally. He said, uh, you never know. Frank might come back again one day. I'm not sure about doing stunts in the future. I have to remind myself that it takes longer to recover now, although it is tempting. He did. He did the skating, falling through ceilings, everything he did himself. And then, of course, he was the last person that we all thought was going to be starring as the Phantom. And it made him, you know, more money probably than he'd ever made in his entire career. Because I think he was on a percentage of the box office. And um, he was because other people are recording songs from Phantom. And then people sort of started doing impressions of poor old Frank Spencer. The Phantom of the Opera is here, <laughs> Betty. But uh, he was brilliant in it. He put his heart and soul into it. If ever anybody puts, you know, 100% into a show, it would be Michael Crawford. Even when he was ill, they were giving him vitamin shots and all the rest of it to try and get him through the show. And he got through, then he took it to America. They loved him. And then he did a big show in Vegas. He's, um, but he's 76. I can't believe the age of people. He used to phone me at LBC. He was a big overnight listener. Because he'd finished doing the show and then to unwind, he would listen to LBC. And he phoned me at LBC and said, because I'd, I'd said how impossible it was to get tickets for Phantom of the Opera. And he phoned me up. And of course, it's those, that one of those usual things. Yeah, I've got Michael Crawford on the phone. Yeah, of course you have. <laughs> and he phoned me and he said, do you want to come and see the show, Steve? And I said, yeah. So I went down there, went to see him in his dressing room. And I went down numerous times to see him, numerous times. And uh, he was always very gracious, very gracious. He used to have to sit there with all the... Thing. If, he had, if he had a matinee show and an evening show, he couldn't take all the makeup off. He had to leave it on because it took hours to put it on. It was all prosthetic pieces glued with straws coming out for the sweat to go into bottles on his on his body. It was all very bizarre, very bizarre. Beware the beast from the east, it will kill, say the mirror. Warning us heavy snow, ice and brutal. Minus 15 degrees wind sweep in to cause chaos. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company at nine minutes to seven. Front page of The Sun this morning. The Stones are going to rock the UK. I think it's been ten years or something since they've toured. They're about 190 by now. I mean, that's not even combined ages. That's much more. I think the combined ages would be about uh, about 280, I would have thought. But they're going to tour again. And uh, Mick Jagger will look like he's a 25-year-old. And, you know, the others will look in various states of... Of uh, <laughs> fermentation, I was going to say. Uh, also, uh, three lines sex pest, FA hit by scandal, England aid suspended over attack. Inside, cheeky Mary Berry, 82, no sign of slowing down, flirting with chef on new show. I don't know. And uh, Roxanne Pallet, who's quit acting for good. I think mainly it's probably quit her. You know, people get to that stage where they go, well, I mean, what, what can we, what, where, where can you put her? So she's going to be a radio presenter. Unfortunately, she's already admitted she can't get up in the morning. <laughs> Doesn't seem like a good start, does it, to me? At least try and sound enthusiastic. Uh, the Matty C. Burger Band fighting off Mackie D's. I didn't know that's what people called McDonald's. I really didn't know. And he claims he only has 20 customers a, d- a day and he makes 40 quid. So each customer only spends two pounds. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm surprised he can even afford electricity or anything else. But as I say, I don't believe a word of uh, anything like that. Uh, plus Madonna putting her kids in vogue. I don't think that's as in voguing at all. Uh, old lady Sheila from Kent. Have you had your cataract operation? No, no. No, not yet. Still waiting. Steve, Steph McGovern should chat to Tony Hall rather than whinging in public. Oh, God, it's gone viral, this one. 
I can't imagine you saying you're getting a raw deal from LBC. No, I certainly wouldn't be saying anything like that. I wouldn't be saying, oh, it's because I wasn't, I didn't go to private school. I mean, what evidence has she got for this? It's just a load of old rubbish. I think perhaps she's sort of, she's shooting way far of the mark on this one. But uh, there again, she is on the breakfast. You know, I could understand it if she was shoved away on some sort of little programme in the middle of the night. But you know what? She's on breakfast. She obviously is not very happy. She's heard somebody's earning more money and she obviously thinks she's better than they are. But of course, because she didn't go to public school, it doesn't work like that. It, it really doesn't. They don't, I can't imagine anybody saying, sorry, what school did you go to? They go, well, actually, a very good one, actually. A very good, good school. Uh, have you heard about Roy's in Wroxham? So many shops in one, uh, one small town, department store. Uh, lovely place. Stephen Shrewsbury. He's a landscaper. Not much use this weather, is it, for you? You can't go out there and do anything at the moment. Sad state of affairs, says Greg, when minus three and a bit of snow becomes breaking news. Well, it does in this country. It does in this country, absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, phew, blimey. The world must be laughing at us. Oh, I think they've always laughed at us. Sometimes they laugh with us. And sometimes we laugh as well at the same time. Daily Express, horror as massive blast destroys shop and flat in Leicester. Four people killed. And another four people in hospital. Dame Joan Collins can save your marriage. The answer is separate bathrooms. Separate bathrooms. And uh, I, I would recommend uh, separate separate bedrooms as well. Separate houses would be quite nice. Separate continents. <laughs> yes. Where, where do you live? Actually, I was talking... Who was I talking to the other day? And they were saying... Oh, actually, it was somebody who works here. They were saying their boyfriend's going to go and live in Vegas. I said, how's that going to work for the relationship? And she went, I don't know. I don't think it's going to go very well, is it? Not very good, really. Long-distance relationships never quite work, do they? Snow chaos to cripple Britain, as usual. The Daily Express being the prophet of doom. It's all miserable. We're all doomed, and it's it's going to be terrible. Britain may be forced to take inferior US milk. Well, I hope not. I'm only going to drink the Guernsey milk then. I'm not taking anything from America. Uh, lower quality dairy products from cows with other infections could be sold to British shoppers under a post-Brexit trade deal. Well, we've got a shortage of milk now or something. How's that happening? Just drink Guernsey milk, Jersey milk, Graham's. It's very nice. Very nice indeed. Uh, also, some pictures of um, speed athletics. I can't work out, actually, if these people are really covered in lights. If Oh, it is. Pyrotechnics and laser strobes mark the end of two weeks of competition. To be honest with you, I was left cold by the Winter Olympics. Very nice. The ice dancing, very nice. Curling, part of old rubbish. And the lying on your back on a tea tray or on your tummy was equally boring. But uh, apart from that, it was lovely. It was lovely. Thought of. We like that sort of thing. Uh, Corbyn Brexit speech to put May on spot. Social media firms failing to protect young users. And that's in The Guardian for today. Uh, the Daily Telegraph... 30 years of Matt, six prime ministers, seven general elections from Thatcher to New Labour, Cameron's coalition to May's minority, one Brexit, one hung parliament, one MP's expenses scandal from the end of the Cold War to Iraq and Afghanistan, one Queen, three Popes and the first black US president, one World Cup win, uh, five Ashes victories and 52 years of hurt from fake news to hashtag me too. All of that and more. Matt choosing his favourites from each year. That was, that, that's the Telegraph with their sort of fake front uh, front page, which is uh, quite nice, actually. I don't mind things like that. I think that's quite nice when you suddenly realise that the Queen's been the stalwart <laughs> all the way through. Uh, the Times, finally, best for sport. Disgraced Iraq lawyer gives half a million to family before bankruptcy. And uh, President Trump's daughter, Ivanka, and the North Korean general, Kim Jong-choi, at the closing ceremony, he's looking at her like, I don't like you. 
He's got that kind of look on his face. Embattled universities face limits on powers. And the millennials are the fattest generation in history. So there you go. Can't win, can we? We really cannot win. And uh, also dates find a bit of rough on Zoo Tinder. And they've got two tigers who kind of hit it off. And also hot cross bun prices to rise amid a raisin shortage. What a pile of toffee, honestly. There was loads of hot cross buns the other day. They're very fattening. You don't need them. I don't know why we have hot cross buns. I'm really not that bothered. Sometimes I just buy a packet. They do sort of luxury hot cross buns, but there's no shortage. They're they're just doing that to try and make out that they need to sell even more hot cross buns than you bought last year. Some people like them. I'm not fussed about them. Toasted hot cross buns. It's just like a bit like crumpets, isn't it, really, but with raisins in I suppose you can get crumpets with raisins in. That's it for this morning. Now, I sort of did remind you at the beginning of the programme, you need to wrap up warm for today. So something on your head would be very advisable. doesn't matter how stupid you look. That's that's what people want. They go, oh, but I might look stupid on the train. Believe me, you won't. There'll be other people looking even worse than you. And a scarf would be very handy to wrap around your neck and a thick coat. But I'll still see people who are wearing what can only be described as summer gear. Thank you for your company. If you want to download the LBC app, as well as listening to LBC wherever you are, you can listen back to this and all of our other programmes from the last week for free on our catch-up feature. And you can do that to get my free podcast as well. On my little bit extra today, I'll be telling you why the weather forecasters get a little bit of extra help this week. One of their colleagues has got nothing to do once again. I'll also tell you who should be considering a head transplant rather than getting their backside done again. Might just make them tolerable. Plus, you'll find out how Mick Jagger and co. will be taking to the stage when the Rolling Stones go on tour this summer. He really will be shouting, start me up. My little bit extra available very shortly, and it's totally free. Just download the LBC app for iPhone or Android and tap on Catch Up. It's as simple as that. Ten o'clock this morning, it's James O'Brien, but next with Breakfast on LBC this Monday morning, it's Nick Ferrari. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.